What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Comics and Joysticks podcast, episode 47. I'm your host, Sean Donahue, and joining me this week, we have Mr. Garrett Anderson. There has never been a better time to be playing video games <coughs> than right now. True. I would agree. Actually, you know what? A year from now, when Red Dead 2 is out, then it'll be the best time to be playing video games. It's pretty good right now. It's ah, pretty good. I'm just saying. I've been, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll get into it. Chris is also yeah. here. Mr. Chris Boltz joining us. Here I am. Video games are great, and I love them, but nothing compares to all those sexy people in that Nintendo Switch ad. Cause those are a lot of a, attractive people. Uh, Very like, attractive. There was not a bad looker in the bunch. <laughs> That's who they're really trying to reach with this this new console is attractive. It was that older. shaggy dude in that red coat down at the bas the, the the basketball course. He was like kind of shaggy, needed to get out and run a little bit. Well, but he was oh, playing basketball, kind of. But all these people with their beautiful houses and their beautiful faces and their beautiful bodies, their beautiful like, I just new wanna, Nintendo system. I just want to mm. switch it up. <laughs> Be yourself. Gonna have a good me, time. Call me Nintendo. You can only buy the new Nintendo Switch if you are attractive. Hmm. That's the only way. Anyways, if you never listened to the Comics and Joysticks podcast before, welcome. Uh, it's us three friends uh, that get together every week to talk about video games, comics, and just the things that uh, we enjoy. Uh, before we get into the the spiel of it, I'd like to give a shout out to our good friend Andrew Taylor. He's decided to take a little break from the podcast because he's got a whole lot of life going on, and that's kind of what happens. So if uh, you see Andrew on the streets, tell him we said what's up, and uh, we hope he's doing good, and that I'm sure that he'll be back to do something with us at a later time. So shouts out to him. So every week before we get into, like, whatever's new, the new topics, the stuff that's been, you know, big in the gaming video game comic world, we like to talk about what we've been doing in the last week. We call it What You Been Doing. So I'm going to go to my good friend Garrett Anderson to kick oh, us off with what he's been doing. Oh, So this week has been great. I mean, minus all the news, I've been playing tons of games, and I've been you know reading tons of books. And mm-hmm. unlike last week, last week I was heated. If you remember about all the bad books that I read. And I was just in a really bad way, so I decided to go order some books that I knew I would enjoy. Might be cheating a little bit because I didn't take any risks, but nevertheless, they were all good. First of all, we've kind of talked about it to death, but uh, Tokyo Ghost Volume Two. Um, I don't want to get too much into the story, but we all know what Tokyo Ghost about. If you're a listener, it's pretty mm-hmm. much about a uh, world and a civilization that's completely 100% obsessed with technology. Technology is a drug, and it's ev- they're everything. They're willing to kill for it. They'll do anything just to be jacked in to technology. And it's very much that whole nature versus technology, like Ferngully, The Last Rainforest, Avatar. It has that kind of a story going on. But it also has, you know, a love story twist a little bit. And the characters are amazing. Rick Remender, that's what he does. He makes characters that you fall in love with and that you just want to root for. And this book's no different. Um, You know, Sean Murphy, I think he's personally my favorite artist in circulation right now by a landslide. Um, I think his art is second to none, and um, you'd be doing yourself a disservice by at least flipping through the pages of Tokyo Ghost because I would take any one of these panels and blow it up to a poster and put it on my wall. It's that good. Um, Volume (laughs) 2, you know, I think, Sean, you had talked about this a little bit. You had said that 
it didn't really do anything new for you. But mm-hmm. I think that's okay because one thing that this book does do, Volume Two, is it wraps itself up pretty well, at least with you know Debbie's story and and Led's story, and like so, I'm I'm really happy that that you get to see the end of what happens to Teddy and everything at the end of it. And these are the main characters that I'm talking about. I I, I respect a writer that's willing to just cut off a series that is doing as well as this book was usually you see people go in for the cash grab and they continue on the series series and they just you know without the thought of the readers going you know what maybe it's time for these characters to finally have a solid end and they Mm -hmm. do but they do leave it open to the possibility of continuing the book and i can only say that without spoiling it i can't go into detail mm-hmm. but um it's great i think it's absolutely fantastic yeah it's um, a great book tokyo ghost volume two you got to read it i think the better of the two was definitely low volume okay. three also written by rick remender but the artwork is done by greg tocini and this young man and i say he's young because the photo and little biography in the back of the book makes him look like man he's he's a good-looking young guy. I mean, he may be in his early 20s, I'm guessing, just by his look. He's got a very detailed penciling um, style, but then he layers it with watercolors. I can describe Lowe's art with watercolors, but different shades of greens. Like, the way that he draws underwater is better than I've ever seen. The story of Lowe is (coughs) definitely unique. It's basically set in the far future where the Earth has expanded so much that it's scorched the Earth's surface, forcing civilization to go Wait, under the water. You said the, the Earth expanded so much that the Earth got the scorched. The sun. You mean sorry. the sun. Yeah. The sun has expanded so much that it's scorched the Earth's Earth. Or the I mean, Earth's that surface. happens. And the civilization has to go under the water to hide from all the radiation and stuff. And before... We decided to go under the ocean. They sent out a probe into space looking for a new um, inhabitable like planet to, to go you know, rescue civilization on. But it's been thousands of years, and everybody gets kind of lazy under these mm-hmm. giant cities under the water. And nobody wants to go back up when a probe finally comes back to the surface with hope of a new life. Except for one family, and it follows around a female character named Stel Kane and her family. And... It's an amazing adventure to the to the surface of the earth from the very depths of the ocean and it's got everything from pirates and sea monsters it feels kind of like 20,000 leagues under the sea meets the mm-hmm. abyss um just a great book and it's cool because it's a science fiction book but it's under the water not all sci-fi everything seems sci-fi futuristic space yeah it's in space you know, yeah it's it's a different kind of take so um if you're looking for some independent books i highly recommend checking out low amazing cool. stuff i mean to, been to po- get on that oh. some point but do it you I could probably get yet. volume one like for like six or seven bucks i'm pretty sure I'll and i highly it. recommend it um rise of the tomb raider 20 year celebration edition okay. i've been playing a crap ton of this game and uh, it's really great this case is absolutely remarkable <coughs> looks like a little journal if you will it kind of almost looks like a ps1 case a little bit um uh. It really does, the way it just visually looks. This is a great, great buy. It's about $50 right now, and what's kind of cool about this on the PS4 is if you're an Xbox One owner, you've already played it, but with this edition, you get all the pieces of DLC. You get an awesome new co-op mode called Endurance, 
mm-hmm. and you also get obviously the blood ties vr experience where if you do have a psvr you can you know roam about croft banner and um it's basically a short story kind of think about like gone home if you will mm-hmm. is the best way that i can describe it where you're finding clues to basically try to prove that um Croft Manor belongs to you because your uncle in the game is trying to like claim this whole house and all this this massive fortune to himself. So you as Laura have to kind of prove him wrong. Um, but the game, I just got to talk about this game for a second. I mm-hmm. think it's a pretty standard game as far as like the story goes. It's you got to go ahead and discover this lost forbidden city to uncover this spell that will give you immortality. It's very okay. standard Indiana Jones-ish, right? Yeah. The gameplay is really good. Um, just being able to either play like stealthy or just go in like guns blazes, they give you all the tools for that. And it also has a cool leveling up system, which constantly allows you to unlock new tools and new attachments for your weapon, as well as skills. There's separate different skill trees. There's four separate skill trees entirely, like constantly making you be able to do new things throughout the world. Mm-hmm. One thing that it, cool. it kind of... It, it bothers me a little bit, just slightly, I just have to say, is so it's kind of open world, but what they do is they section off different areas, right? There'll be like five yeah. different areas, each of which have percentages, and in each one of these areas, they give you a laundry list of things to do, right? Like, Chris, you say like you like to you know check boxes, right? This game would be 100% for you. Like, you have, like, challenges up the wazoo, different side missions, as well as your main objective. One thing that it does poorly is that it puts up these, like, superficial blockades in each one of these areas, right? So, you like, you'll go to a cave, but you'll see that you can't get through this barrier unless you know how to craft fire or explosives. But what yeah. doesn't make sense about that is Laura Croft just, like, literally hours ago basically crafted like poison arrows for instance made out of mushrooms so it's like you're telling me i know how to make poison arrows out of mushrooms but i don't know how to burn down a barricade like it's really superficial and stupid like it almost makes laura croft feel like they had to make a reason for you to keep on coming back to these areas and and it, it almost it doesn't do the game any service by blocking off all these areas in my opinion well i think it's supposed to be you know, part of the whole Metroidvania like style of it, where you come back later with different skills to get through the door that like right. unlocks you know extra you know experience or something that goes towards your abilities, which helps you unlock other things that get you through other places. So it's like it's just that whole loop. I'm sure you you've run into a couple times, but you probably just have to come back later with you know newfound right. skills and stuff like that. And it does give you a percentage. But it doesn't tell you each, like, every little detail. So you kind of have to have the back of your, your mind go, okay, I need to go back to this one area to remember to burn down this one, you know, barricade yeah. so that I can go through and explore this thing. It does give you a checklist up in the pause menu, but then it just kind of, like, it brings you out of the experience, right? Because it also has that problem where open worlds are like, we have to go do this thing right now. But as the player, yeah. nobody does that, right? First uh-huh. of all, they want to do all the side stuff and they want to collect all the things because that's how gamers play. We don't just go to the main objective. We want to get all the things before we go there. And yeah. it's very just jarring. It's got a pacing uh, issue too. 
That was Mass Effect 3. Like, that, right? the best example was Mass Effect 3. It's like, oh, the world's ending, but I'm going to go to this bar and dance yeah. the night away. No, and it's got the same thing here. I'm going to go like, bang aliens. Narratively, they're telling you to go, 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 but then, like, the map goes, look at all these icons, guys. And what, what, what the problem with this is, too, is because all the DLC comes with it, it's integrated into the main story. So, like, there's this, like, it's called, the, what was it, the Baga Yaga DLC, where you're basically fighting this witch. Anyway, yeah. this thing pops up literally at the very beginning of the game, and it's like a giant flashing pink icon. And I'm like, well, I could move on, but... I can't stare at this pink icon flashing me on the map. It's going to drive me crazy. I might as well do it. So, like, during my main quest, like, only a quarter away through, I jumped into the DLC just because I wanted to 100% this area before moving on. Does that make sense? Do you get yeah, what I'm going for? Like, like my, I think my... you might have fucked up, but, yeah, I understand your psychosis. Yeah, for sure. And the other negative I have to say about it, and I cannot believe game developers are doing this, if you ever plan on making a video game, please listen to me. Audio recordings and book logs and messages. Yeah. Okay, you want to put them in your game? Fine. But when you want to read me five paragraphs, allow me to continue to play. So I want to use a perfect example. Yeah. Bioshock. We've all been playing it, right? I'm not going to talk about it. But in Bioshock, you can pick up those audio recordings and you can still run around and do shit while yeah. you listen to it. Dude, That's the best way. Every single guard <coughs> has got to have a journal on him. I am not even kidding. And first of all, who are these big guards with, that look like they do steroids carrying AK-47s? They have, like, audio logs, audio diaries on these digital voice recorders, every single one of them. And there's, like, five paragraphs. So when you pick one up, it brings you to this page where you just sit there. And you're literally staring at a pause menu of the same digital voice recorder that you just picked up five dudes ago. And it's just, like, there's so much lore happening. But at the same yeah. time, you're not doing anything. It totally just pulls you out of the experience and reads to you for, like, sometimes a minute at a time. And I hate it. Other than that, I really yeah. like the game. Yeah, I wish, you know, uh, all games would kind of just go with that same system. Uh, but, you know, unfortunately, <coughs> they, they kind of do their own thing. So it really depends. I, I feel like more games have done that since... Bioshock has. Sure. I can't think of one off the top of my head. I think no. Did Borderlands have something like that too, where you kind of pick yeah. stuff up and it would read to you? Sure, yeah. it did. For, but there wasn't very much story happening with Bio, uh, Borderlands either. That was just yeah. a moment. Go kill Handsome Jack. He's a dick. Yeah, that's why I, I remembered something like that, but I'm like, I don't I don't know if that was really a thing. I don't know. But, but I feel like games have been kind of doing that as well. It, Laura it's Croft is an amazing when, character though. <coughs> yeah. The, the one thing I'll say, though, is, like, with The Last of Us, when you pick up the piece of paper and you actually read through the, like, handwritten note, that, to me, is also a really good way of doing it because it, it doesn't really take you out of the experience because most of the time when you're finding that stuff, you're just exploring the area anyways. You're not really, right. like, in a fight or, like, trying to go somewhere. Right. And it, and it really it adds to the story because, like, the things that they say give like background information and tell us a, uh, a story in the environment that maybe you would miss if you didn't pick up this letter, you know? Sure. And I, I feel like there's something to say about those kinds of uh, collectibles as well, because I think they add value to your experience. I Where, agree. Whereas if you, if you're just staring at like a pause screen where there's just like text on a screen, <coughs> and that's what it is. It doesn't want to, you know, read it to you. You just have to sit in the menu and read it to get, I don't know what kind of information out of it. 
um, that's a little bit annoying. So. Well, no, it, it, they, they read it to you, but it's just the same digital voice recorder. It's literally just a picture of a digital voice recorder or a book oh. or an ancient text, and it reads it to you, but it's like they're everywhere. They are yeah. everywhere. It's not just like a couple here and there. Like I mean, they are littered all over the place. And like, I would of just course, skip them. <laughs> the gamer in me wants to hear what they have to say, but at the same time, I'm like, Oh my goodness gracious! I know that's super yeah. just lame that I'm complaining about it, but it just se- seemed a little dated. Um, okay. Graphically, it's just ugh, man. There are some beautiful. beautiful vistas in that game, and like I said before, Laura Croft. Whoever does the voice acting for Laura Croft, she Can- nails it. I'm super. Camille is that what her name is? Yes. Yeah, that woman really can act. And whoever the main antagonist is, the main villain, he nailed it too. And I recognize his voice, but I, I don't I don't know his name. You're sure it's Troy play. Baker, Nolan it, North, or something yeah. like that. Dude, so. I'd be really surprised because it doesn't sound anything like those guys. But, like, yeah. I highly recommend if you haven't jumped on the Tomb Raider special or 20-year celebration edition, it's so fucking worth it for the price of $50. Yeah, I, I need to get to that. Yeah, and that's pretty much uh, all I've been doing, except for um, you know Battlefield One. But we'll talk about that. So, okay, cool. (laughs) Uh, Moving on, Chris, what you been up to, bud? Uh, Well, uh, I didn't get much done in the way of games this week, but I did pick up my comics as I always do. Good. Um, First at the top of my pile here, I got uh, Fuck Fairyland. Yeah, Fuck Fairyland. Yeah, real good. I was doing the, I think we, a while back we talked about how we order the reading order of our comics when we get our, when we get our pull list. Yeah. And this week I was going for the, hey, uh, I'm going to save the best for last. And then I got distracted and I haven't read it yet. But, ah, you know, sucks. just read it because it's fucking good. Okay. Fucking good. Fuck Fairyland. Well, I hate Fairyland, but the comic's amazing. Chris if gives it listen, 10 out of 10 fucks. Oh, yeah. Oh. All I fucks. give ten fucks. <laughs> um, yeah, and uh, Archie, number 13. Okay. This is sort of the introduction of Cheryl Blossom, which is a Archie yeah, character. Yeah, I saw this. A, a new girl? Is there now some sort of third so, person in the love triangle, which I guess makes it a square, the love square? Kind of. So now they're sort of delving into Veronica, and they've switched locations for her. So she's no longer in Riverdale. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, so I like that they're doing that because it sort of gets away from Riverdale and sort of makes Riverdale sort of seem like a real place. Yeah. Because it's not just the only place that exists in this universe. Yeah. So it, she's like in uh, the Netherlands or something in a private school. Okay. And I think the fact that they're sort of humanizing Veronica and getting away from her just being the antagonistic yeah, sort of rich nasty brat girl cuz actually at this point Veronica is the most fleshed out character in the comic. She's really good. More than Archie? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, easily. Like, nice. Veronica's easily the most fleshed out character. Betty is more fleshed out than Archie is. Um like Archie is sort of like a template. Like he is the center for which everything happens, yeah. and he's sort of the lovable doofus. But he's not. There's not a whole lot of complexity to Archie. You're That's my lovable Archie... doofus, Chris. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, you're well, welcome. I, oh, really, really appreciate that. No, but like, <laughs> I like that 
like Archie is sort of that character that we can all relate to. He's he's just trying to do his best, and he doesn't understand what he did wrong all the time. Okay. Um, but yeah, I like that they've sort of switched up locations, and now there's this new sort of antagonist that we kind of got in the comic. So so like last sort of bit we had Mr. Lodge, and his sort of thing was running for mayor, and he was trying to just sort of take over Riverdale, and now we have uh, this girl cherry cherry blossom who's kind of kind of that new sort of antagonist oh she's an antagonist yeah yeah she she sucks <laughs> Jeez, all right <laughs> i don't want too much spoil for me because I, I do want to read archie okay. again someday but i'm i'm waiting for the trade so yeah um read it I was... yeah, you should you should, you should i will it. say i really enjoyed uh volume one Volume 1 was really good. It made me yeah. care about Archie, and I never have before, so... Yeah. So it was real good. Yeah. The, I mainly just talk about the plot for that one because I think this issue sort of was a turning point for this comic in adding some complexity to it, and I think that's really good because any... I think the same thing's happening with Miss Marvel as well. Getting... The, like um, sort of expanding things to a point where they're not always in the same place all the time, mm-hmm. because that can get sca- like really stale after a while. So I get you. Yeah. Cool. Really good stuff. Um, next, Harden's Wall, by um, I think it's Jeff Higgins, and I think I talked about this uh, like last month when issue one came out. And <clears throat> to sort of recap, this comic is about. Russia, United States, they've been feuding, and they sort of erupted into nuclear war in New York City, and I believe it was Moscow, was, destro- was like, destroyed. And okay. ye- years later, they both can sort of continue the space travel arms race. And they're working together to sort of colonize some different planets and stuff. So that sort of is in the backdrop of what's happening, but uh, the concept of this book is this guy who's like a pill-popping, sort of really like manic, depressive guy whose uh, wife left him for a guy who shot him, and now the guy who shot him is dead because he was found on the, just outside of the space station, he had left the air dock or whatever the hell you would call it, and it looks like it was murder, so he has to solve his murder. And That's a it's, lot of detail there. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot it's of shit really, going on. Yeah, it's really complex. And he has to sort of investigate his ex-wife, who was the wife of the guy who was killed. And they have this sort of strained relationship. And everybody on board is essentially telling him, hey, don't get involved in this. You're hired here to just do a routine checkup. Just fill out your forms and leave. Because obviously there's something weird going on. But he's like, no, I don't, I'm not going to leave. I'm going to solve this case. So it's cool to see him sort of try to figure it out and you as the reader figure it out along with him. Cool. That's neat. So that, yeah, that was really good. And finally, uh, one of Marvel's best comics, Black Widow by Mark Wade and Chris Sammy. This, um, whenever I sort of think about Black Widow, it's always in the context of every, every... There's an issue of 
a lot of story, and then an issue where Chris Sammy writes the comic through his art. Mm-hmm. It's a very sim- cinematic espionage sort of thriller, and there's like no comic like it right now, just because of how dependent it is on Chris Sammy to sort of guide the ship. It's like a Jason Bourne-esque thing that is really well done. There's a lot of layers. There's nothing sort of one-dimensional to what's going on. You never sort of feel like Black Widow is really the hero. Mm -hmm. Like, there's always this sort of... Especially when it sort of... Yeah. Like, it harkens back to when she was a killer for hire and when she was being controlled um, by the Russians and everything. And that stuff is really cool that they can sort of squeeze that stuff in here and there's it's everything's really gray so everyone should read black widow if you're not and i think you should uh get the trade if that's out already and then read it issue by issue because Mm -hmm. it's a comic that really benefits by reading single issues of it so cool you should really read it that's rare i feel like comics usually read better in trade it's rare to hear somebody go you need to read this issue by issue there, yeah, I think that there are some comics like Saga, for instance, and stuff like that, yeah. that are better as trades. But then I do think there are these specific comics that do benefit from just reading it month by month. So, cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so is that everything you, you did this week? Um, yeah, that's about it. No. <laughs> Not too much. Just, just being Just mean. reading some comics, being just a Chris. comics. Going yeah, to bars, eating poutine. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All that stuff. Good stuff. That's pretty much all I do. Just eat poutine and go to bars. Eat poutine, go to bars, cool. read comics, go to school. Yep. That's good. That's an important one, Chris. It's the four things. Well, That's fourth, right. though. So, now I'm going to go in about what I did this week. Uh, but first, I want to give you my comics. That I read this week and kind of tell you which one I, I like the most. Give you my pick of the week. I really wish I was good at editing so I could just like have it flash up like across like reading rainbow. Shot's yeah. pick of the week, but no. We should hire Anyways. somebody for that. We should. Like a, like <laughs> I should figure it out on my own. I, I feel like I'm, I'm useless here. I should figure this out. So That sounds stressful. Um, <laughs> so first one up. I should probably do these in order. Whatever. Superman number eight. Uh, this actually came out, I think, two weeks ago, but I never read it, so I did uh, today. And not bad. Uh, like I said many times before, Superman is the series you want to read if you're looking for a good Superman story. Action didn't really do it for me. I dropped it, and now I'm on this. Uh, I've been on this since the beginning. It's 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 good stuff. Um, but yes, Superman number eight is the beginning of the. I just like threw this comic. <laughs> is the beginning of the Escape from Dinosaur Island story. And then mm-hmm. number nine concludes. It's like real quick two-issue story. Not like like super great. It's just like kind of a side story. Mm-hmm. Superman and his son get stuck on a island full of dinosaurs, and they need to get away. There you go. There's the whole plot. They they cool. run into like a bunch of like World War Two shit that I don't really know what's doing there. Like old like ships and dead people and stuff like that. So I don't really know what's going on with this island, but I don't know. Good book. Yeah, I, I enjoy the series. So 
Uh, next up, I read Green Valley, number one, by Max Landis. Mm, how is that? Um, the first issue was good, but not something that really <coughs> blew me away. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's very um, almost stereotypical of like what it's trying to be. You know what I mean? Like it, it it's a medieval kind of King Arthur tale is what it's looking like, and it's very like it, like it felt like it, it it exactly like I imagined it would. Hmm. So. Well, I have the issue. Not too bad. I just haven't read it yet. So, Caesar's in the chat. He says that Superman 8 and 9 were tribute issues to Darwin Cook and that the <coughs> World War II people found on the island were the losers, who I don't know who they are. But uh, oh. apparently that, that, that was a whole tribute to Darwin Cook. There was um, something, like, for Darwin Cook, like, added uh, during the credits of, like, the issue that I noticed. So, that makes total sense. Something that's gone over my head because I don't think I ever read um, any Darwin Cook, you know, Superman stories. But I know he recently passed away, and so I guess that makes sense yep. that they would do a, a tribute to him. Do you know anything about Garrett? Uh, I'm not sure if I've read any of his books or not. Uh, but I thought I, I thought you did because like you turned your mic on, but I guess you wouldn't. I have read. Um, I haven't read uh, his DC. I'm blanking on that right now. Uh, DC New Frontier. I haven't New read Frontier, that. New Frontier, yeah. I, but I have read his adaptation of uh, uh, The Hunter, which is really good. Okay. I I watched the like cartoon adaptation of New Frontier at some point. There's like an animated movie. But that was a while ago. Uh, Caesar confirms the dinosaur island is from Final Frontier. <sighs> I don't know. <laughs> Something to look into. Um, but next up, I have Batman number nine. I got the regular cover, and then I, I'm continuing to pick up the Tim Sale covers. Really like this Tim Sale cover. You got Bane on top of like a pile of skulls, and Batman kind of crawling out of the skulls, like grabbing <laughs> one. Yeah. Um, cool stuff. Um, I'm really liking Tim uh, Tom King's Batman. Um, there's a lot of kind of references to old Batman stories in his work. Like this issue starts off since this new, um, what's it called? Arc is about Bane. It starts off with like a whole reference to the Nightfall storyline and kind of Bane's origin coming from Santa Prisca. So that was really cool. And then during it, it makes references to, um, so, like, Batman's building this suicide squad to help him with a mission. And <coughs> the people that he's getting out of Arkham to be his suicide squad are kind of more obscure characters. And each time he, like, gets one, he kind of gives a um, little background information mm-hmm. about who they are. And it, you can definitely see where he's making references to older um, Batman lore. Like pre New Fifty Two stuff. It so, says a uh, way about like in uh, Suicide Squad, the way they are treated is not great. It's basically step out of line and you'll die. Does Batman? Mm-hmm. They haven't really. They haven't really addressed that yet. Because like, okay, 
in this issue he pretty much just picks them out and you don't see him with all of them yet like there's no real interaction with them yet he's just going through arkham being like you know i want this one this one this one um so yeah also in this issue i noticed when he was talking batman was giving this whole thing about the ventriloquist who is uh one of the people he's getting on his suicide squad team uh when he's talking about him he said like he killed a bunch of people in the like war of jokes and riddles and i saw that and i had to google it because i'm like what the hell is the war of jokes and riddles that sounds like a badass war between like the joker and riddler i've never read that comic never heard of that comic so i tweeted at tom king uh, a picture of that and was like what's the war of jokes and riddles about and he he quoted my tweet and said indeed indeed like that is the so, question i saw that tweet i was like "Ooh, that's kind of cool <laughs> so i'm thinking i've i've come across some future you know storyline here that uh sounds you found an easter exciting. egg in a comic is what you did i i'm pretty sure everybody else did too it yeah. was like but uh, also you're now best friends with tom king yes that's true tom king and i we have a dinner date uh this saturday we're going out we're gonna get fucked up maybe eat some sexy Mm. poutine Mm. we're gonna have a good time i'll supply that absolutely thank you chris um no problem so yeah i i just think it was funny that uh to get a response from him in a very coy manner kind of confirming that this is like gonna be a thing so i'm excited for that because that sounds fucking dope um out of all those books there's really only three or four there wasn't a lot of comics and i didn't read justice league because i'm behind on that series need to catch (laughs) up um i'd probably have to give it to batman was the real standout the the new one you know green valley was like new series that i picked up i liked it but I don't know if I'm going to continue reading it in single issues, maybe pick it up as a trade if it, you know, does something different or people are saying that it's really good because I think it's going for maybe that fantasy thing again, which is crazy because before I was looking for a fantasy book because there didn't seem to be one. And now there's at least four series that are coming out with like awesome fantasy stories to the point where now I feel like I don't need another one. Right. Because I'm, I'm looking at Reborn as one of them and uh, The Seven to Eternity <coughs> as my other. And those are going to be, you know, amazing uh, fantasy comics from creators that I really enjoy. So those are definitely my, like, standouts. Did you ever check out Birthright? I, I have Volume 1 okay. on my iPad. I just uh, need to read it. Sorry. All right. You might add another fantasy book uh to your list after reading that 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 one's okay because it's not ongoing true yeah i'm <clears throat> just talking about like picking up the issues every every month you know right. so we'll see so other than that um those are all the comics I, i've read i've been playing some games not a lot like i've been in this weird gaming area where i don't really know what to go after next because hmm. i'm kind of sick of mafia like i i want to I want to know what happens in Mafia, but I just I can't fucking play that game anymore, man. The gameplay yeah. is just so boring. Hearing hit a really wall. About, yeah, yeah, it's it's so depressing hearing people that really love the story because apparently the story is really good talk about it because they're like, I want this game to be so good, 
because mm-hmm. the story is so good, but the game sucks. Yeah, it's it's like this weird thing for me where like every time I pick up like go to play another game, I'm like I should be playing Mafia to get through Mafia and see what happens in that game. And then I go to start playing it, and I'm like I this is so boring. I don't want to play it, and it like is stopping me from picking up other things because I'm like I haven't finished Mafia. Right, but I just I don't want to, you know. I kind of want to just go on YouTube and see if somebody put all the cutscenes together into like a movie. No shame in moving on, dude. If you're not enjoying it, there's no reason to waste any more minutes Mm -hmm. of your life doing that. So there's no shame in that at all. Yeah. And then besides that, I, you know, I never finished Bioshock Collection. I want to go back and still finish that out. And um, with all this Red Dead hype, you know, I I picked up Red Dead Revolver. And that game's kind of fun, but, like, it's nowhere near as fun as Red Dead Redemption. So now I'm thinking maybe I'm going to go back and play some more Red Dead Redemption. And uh, we've actually gotten some... Uh, Justin Medrano, one of the our friends in the Facebook group, is talking about going after, you know, the Red <coughs> Dead trophies, which is going to be, uh, like, a feat to complete because with the way that the online is now, like, it's super buggy and... Like, people hack that shit to death, and, like, nobody's really cooperative, and matches are hard to find and stuff like that. You really need to have a buddy to help you get through all that stuff. Right. So I'm hoping that maybe we can do it. Um, but I'd like to get all the trophies for that game, because I've been working on it literally since, like, 2012. Yeah. I remember <laughs> jumping into Red Dead multiplayer, like, a year after the game came out, and mm-hmm. it was just, it was the Wild West, man. <laughs> Shut up! I hate your puns, dude. <laughs> no, but seriously, seriously, God. um, it, it was like <laughs> it was really bad. Like just trying to get at that alone to get those, yeah, to get those achievements was just really tough. Yeah. So uh, with all the hype, I want to, you know, jump on some more Red Dead and probably play through that again. Uh, I'm gonna try and stream it here on Twitch as well. Um, I'm trying to stream every night at 9 p.m. Eastern time over on twitch.tv slash comics underscore and underscore joysticks and trying to get you know a fan base on there so that'd be cool um but yeah other than that i haven't been playing too much besides playstation vr yeah i want to know which all is about it the first of our many kind of topicals like topics uh of this week so last wednesday we did the podcast or last week we did the podcast on a Wednesday instead of a Thursday because I wanted to go for the midnight release Thursday night to pick up a PSVR. Well, I fucked up everybody because PSVR doesn't come out on Thursday night. It came out on Wednesday night when I was doing the podcast. <laughs> I didn't notice until like one thirty at night when everybody was like taking pictures and putting them in like Facebook and shit being like, look right. at my new VR. And right, I'm like, right. damn, how did they get all theirs a day early? Yeah. And so I go and I look it up, and I'm like, fuck, Sean. 12.01 Thursday right. means Wednesday night. <laughs> sure, yeah. I So I fucked up, everybody. Luckily, I went at like 8 o'clock in the morning. Or no, they open at 10. I went at 10 o'clock in the morning <laughs> to Best Buy. It felt nice. like 8 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, it's early. Uh, when the store opens to try and get me one of those. And I saw the weirdest group of people ever hanging out in front of a fucking best buy there's like four nurses like in scrubs obviously looking like they need to be at a hospital (laughs) yeah you were telling us you're like there's doctors here and there's a lot of weird people there's there's like 
full-on families, like wife, husband, like child, all come to like. Were they all Best waiting Buy for the VR? Were they all waiting they, for they PlayStation? They weren't all waiting for the VR, but like, like who the like what family goes to Best Buy has to be at Best Buy, ten a.m. on a Thursday. I don't like, know, who man. Brings their whole family to Best Buy. People who need electronics. <laughs> Why are these doctors in scrubs not at the hospital? Mm. Why are they at Best Buy at ten in the morning? Here, don't understand these things. Here's what happened. They had a rough night. They did the night shift, and they're like, you know what? To keep our mind off the horrors of the ER, let's go to Best Buy yeah, and buy escape. Assassin's Creed Revelations. What? It's like $15 no, right now. No. <laughs> yeah, four doctors all came from the same hospital looking for fucking Assassin's Creed Revelations. I don't know why Assassin's Creed Revelations came to mind. It's, it was it's just like the like... worst Assassin's Creed. No, I actually, that's, that's Unity. Unity's the worst. Is Unity the worst? I... Yeah, I'd I, say so. I think I've played all those fucking games, and Unity's the worst. Besides, like, name? the PSP DS ones. Those are definitely the worst. But What was the main character's name? Akron or something? Akron? What? I don't remember. Which one? In uh, uh, Unity. What was the main character's name? Fuck, I don't know. It's definitely yeah, not I Akron. saw the credits what? roll in that game, and I couldn't tell you one character's name or what I was doing, why I was doing it. I think it was, like, Aldo or some shit. Yeah. Mm. Aldo. I'm going with Aldo. So, what are your impressions of PlayStation VR? <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. I, I got a PSVR. I finally I was able to get one, uh, luckily. Let me just say, <coughs> the people that did pick up a PSVR was also surprising. Because I swear to God, there was like a 70-year-old man who like picked up a PSVR and was like, I can't wait to t- uh, fucking use this thing. That's and cool. And I was sitting there like, all right, dude. Like, my dad's 70. He doesn't know how to fucking use a microwave. Like, he's bad at this <laughs> shit. Like, I don't... So I don't understand how this dude's like the setup you have to do to set up this PSVR. Ridiculous. I I don't see him getting down and doing that shit. But whatever. Okay. A lot of cables. So uh, when I got this thing home, open up the box. Fucking beautiful. First thing I noticed, this shit's ugly to set up. Like there's just fucking cables everywhere. There still is. Like it's like a a tripwire mine like setup in my fucking living room. Like. You you fall, everything's coming out of, like, the entertainment center all at once. Like, there's just shit everywhere. Yeah, looking at the packaging, it looked like a lot of cords and cables. There's a power cable, okay. a USB cable, right. two HDMI cables. Two? And then a cable that connects to the headset. That is five fever so five cables, of cables coming out of this box. While, meanwhile... You have to have a camera going into your PS3. Right. I mean, PS4. Uh, you need a power cable on that and an HDMI cable. And probably you have some sort of charging cable on there, too. So, like, there's, like, at least nine cables, like, running out of, like, one hole in my entertainment system. And it's all wow. kind of just... Yeah. So And plus, like, they have to go across the room to, like, where I'm standing with the VR. So Sure. But it's all worth it. It's oh. all absolutely worth it. Cool. So after having it for about a week, I can't believe that it's been a week. It feels like I've had it for so long, but I've used it like a ton. Uh, it's it's amazing. It really is. Like it's hard to describe. When I tried it out at the store that one time, I came back and I said like this changed like my mind on it because before I was very like I don't need this. Like I could just wait 
and right. and see what happens. I, I didn't pre-order, which was a mistake because then I had to go and try and find one, which I don't think is really that hard. I think you can find one. I don't think it's really a big deal. Sure. I don't think they're flying off the shelves and stuff like that. But uh, I was really worried that I wasn't going to be able to find one. Uh, so, but by that point, all the pre-orders were gone. Uh, it, it's just, yeah. When you put on the headset and you put on the headphones, you're like in a completely different world. Like it, it, it's crazy how much it really does have that effect on you. Like when your senses are just being told different things than what like is reality, it believes it. Um, so like the games I got for it, I have like the demo disc that comes with it, Arkham Knight VR, or what is it called? Return Batman Arkham VR. No, not Return to Arkham. Isn't it? <clears throat> no, Arkham oh, VR. Oh, that's the Batman collection, Arkham. right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, okay. Um, and I have Job Simulator and Keep Talking, No One Explodes, and VR Worlds. Uh, my favorite out of all those is definitely Batman Arkham VR. It takes like about an hour to play through. Really cool how they use like the technology, like especially when you're going down like suiting up as Batman, like it feels sick, and and not in the queasy way, like in the really cool way. Right, looking at yourself in the mirror and you're like, oh shit, I am the Batman. <laughs> yeah, it's but awesome. like just being able to like throw the batarangs and like take out the back claw and like you put it back down on your belt like it just feels really cool awesome to like take the cow and put it excuse me put it on and like all that it's like it's really dope um so that's definitely my favorite after that i'd say probably job simulator was a lot of fun i platinum that game the other night um but yeah that game's really it's funny uh it's really cool like the things you it has you do is fun like you know you have to do different jobs you could be like work in an office you can work in a kitchen work as an auto mechanic and a, not a grocery store but a a gas station attendant all of it's fun you know kind of wacky things and there's all sorts of jokes <coughs> in it it's a really fun game though um and then vr worlds has just like a ton of different stuff you can do um one thing that I, I thought would be really lame is, like, this game where you have to... It's basically Pong, but you're using your head to, like, look around and, like, move the paddle. And then you can, like, kind of headbutt to hit harder and move your head really quick to put spin on it. Is that yes. Ultra Hypercube? No. Ultra Hypercube's, like, oh. this puzzle game. You have to buy that separately. I haven't got it yet. Um, but, yeah, my goal for this is just to kind of try out as much as I can. Uh, so I'll be picking up you know, most of these games besides the horror stuff, which really isn't my, my thing. So sure. I probably won't be picking up, uh, until dawn, Russian right. blood, but yeah, there's, there's a lot of, um, you know, value to this. Like this is going <coughs> to change the way we play games in the future. Like the fact that this is just kind of the first foray into this new technology is mind blowing to me because it's so, um, what's the word I'm looking for? So convincing already. Like you put it on, you feel like you're in a different place doing things um, that I can't wait to see where it goes in the future, you know? Yeah. Cause you know, it's just going to get bigger and better and more, you know, well done as it keeps going. So I, I would encourage anyone who has any kind of interest in this 
to, um, you know, at least try it out. You know, find a Best Buy or somewhere where you can at least put the headset on yourself. Because once you do, it really changes, you, like, the way you think about it. So. Yeah. I've yet to try it out, but it's always been this... <clears throat> It's always been this thing with VR where I just make the assumption that I'm going to love it and find it transformative. Like, there's never been a point where I doubted that VR is the future, even though I haven't tried it. It's just this feeling that I know that VR has the potential to change video games. Yeah. And not necessarily take over video games and become no. what video games are, just being this cool new input that we can try out and play around with. So, yeah, that's the thing. Like, to me, this isn't replacing normal games. Like, even when I play it, I still have the itch to go and play, like, a Red Dead Redemption. Sure. You know? Right. Uh, like, like, for between whatever VR game that I can play right now, and if I could play Red Dead Redemption 2 right now, definitely picking Red Dead Redemption 2 over anything else. Like, those games are, are you know, in a place where they've been around for a long time. And, like, it's just fun. Like, it's not replacing the way I play games, but it's, like, another way to experience them. Sure. And, yeah. Like, like I'm not sitting here just wanting to be in VR all the time. Uh, I still want to sit there and, you know, play the same old games. But, um, yeah, it's just, it's really cool. It's like a different experience altogether. I'm just excited, you know, for where it's going to go. Yeah, I mean, I'd love to eventually get it. I just, for me, it's one of those things where it's like all about time management. And I don't Mm -hmm. know at the end of the day after I get off work if I'd want to dedicate because it seems like two separate things, just like you said, right? You have games like Red Dead yeah. Redemption where you kind of chill back in my man chair, right? Controller in hand, water, mm-hmm. kind of a kick in it experience where, like, I've heard VR is kind of like, I, I'm doing this and I'm in here and that's all I'm doing. Yeah. I've heard it could actually be almost mentally taxing. Have you experienced any of this? I've been hearing about all this, like, almost people feeling almost mentally exhausted after, like, having to come out of it after an hour, like, holy crap, like, I just need a break. Is it, Have you put, what's yeah, the longest I mean, you've been in VR and, like, what are the effects that you've felt? <laughs> I mean, the longest I probably played, like, at one time is probably an hour and a half to two hours okay okay the like max um right yeah i can see how you know after i'm done you know playing it for a while i i definitely want to just like kind of chill out sure and because the games that i have like batman arkham and um job simulator and and also vr worlds a lot of those experiences you have to be standing for so like i'm standing i have the the fucking move wands and i'm like sure picking shit up moving around like it's definitely way more active than you know just sitting there with a controller in your hands right um so i can understand like you know just getting tired of doing all that for after a while um having the headset on my uh, on my face uh, is not uncomfortable at all it's okay. like really comfortable and it's it's really easy to do right and it it adjusts really well in like the fact that you're able to like kind of close off all the light around your eyes and just be focused on you know the screen and the headset yeah i feel like it's really well done 
I mean, if I can fit my giant nose into that thing, like, <laughs> I, it's got to fit everybody. It's not that you have big. have a great so. size nose. It's a good Thank nose. You. Thank you. Have you watched a movie in it yet? Um, I watched The Daily Show. Okay, how some, was that? Uh, some sort of. Um, so the VR isn't as clear as a TV screen. Like, it doesn't have the same... Definition? Is it definition. fuzzy? It's... No, I wouldn't say it's fuzzy, but it's not the same. Like, okay. because I don't remember the specific specs, but, like, you know how a TV is, like, 1080p sure. by 1920p? R- yeah, 19... This, this one is... Uh, it, it's, it's 1920 by 1080p, okay. uh, for sure. But I'm pretty sure the 1920 is split between the two eyes. Okay, that makes sense. All right. So... You're getting like half of the definition per eye, which makes it like a little bit more grainy. Okay. In a way. Yeah. It's not something like I've noticed. It's not something you notice if it's if whatever you're in is well done, like for it. Yeah. Where Batman Arkham VR, I don't notice it at all. Sure. Job Simulator, it's not a factor. Um but when I look at, like, the screen, like, the home screen of the PS4, which, like, shows up in the goggles and kind of moves with your head that you can look around. Yeah. Uh, you can definitely tell there, like, when there's words on the screen and stuff like that. Around the font. Another one I, I like, yeah. 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 The demo that I played for Drive Club was really bad. Oh. Like, everything's, like, just super fuzzy. Like, I, like that game I don't feel is really built for this. I feel like they just kind of attached VR to it, and it didn't come out right. <laughs> Once again, Drive Club, you know, failure, but I wouldn't buy that game um, based on what I played. But, like, you know, watching if, – if I had to choose between watching my normal TV and, you know, watching it on the VR, I would definitely just, you know, go with the normal TV because then you don't have the thing on your face. You know, like, I, I, I was thinking it would probably be, like, that movie theater experience, which it kind of is because it shuts everything else out. Right. Especially when you have the headphones on and shit like that. But it doesn't look the same. You know, it just looks like a big picture in your face. It doesn't feel like you're looking at a big screen. It just feels like it's really close to your face. Yeah, it's not like you're at IMAX That's, and you're not, like, taken yeah. by this huge, like, massive Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't compare it to being at the movies where you have this big screen, like, it's an experience. It's more like you're sitting really close to your TV screen. Hmm. Sounds you know? bright. So... <laughs> I, I like, feel... like I'm not saying it's like too close, but it's like right. it just looks like you're sitting closer to your TV. That's that's yeah. What you're I feel at. like there come a point where like right now there's all these things that are compatible with the device, mm-hmm. but it's just sort of like you can, but why would you? Because it's not yeah, yeah. It's not made, made for, for it. Yeah, yeah. But there will come a point where it's like okay, cool. We're getting serious about the movie theater experience, so we're gonna double down on putting you right in a movie theater and that mm-hmm. experience is going to be awesome. It's kind of like anything. Like if you just try to shoehorn thing things into things, it's never going to be good because it's not made for that thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah. So I I'm sure like I think Hulu has some stuff for it already, but I don't have Hulu. I I haven't checked it out. There's like some apps that are like video apps specifically for like 360 video on their um I kind of looked at some of those, like, there was one where you're on a roller coaster. Nothing really, like, wowed me there. Um, yeah, I'm I'm just waiting for them to, like, kind of shoot an entire movie in, like, 360 video, and you can just, like, kind of be looking around as shit happens around you, but we'll see. 
Um, yeah, you guys have any other questions about VR? Do you have any buyer's remorse, or do you think like if somebody's coming no. into this and they don't have a camera, they don't have the move controllers, they have to get the whole package plus the game, <coughs> do you think this is completely worth the level and the cost for the barrier to entry? Do you think that it's like totally worth it? Or Yeah, I, I definitely do. Cool. Um, you know, I, I feel like the the package with the controllers and the camera in the game right. is definitely worth it. Like if you don't already have some of that stuff, go for that one. Um, cause you're with all of the extra shit, you're definitely getting like at least the hundred dollars extra right out of it. Um, I would say, yeah, like I don't have any buyer's remorse for this. Like just the enjoyment I get out of it is great, but also seeing other people, you know, try it out and just be like wowed by it. Like, Kate usually doesn't play video games, but like she put on the headset and immediately got into Job Simulator. Wow! Do, like anything without like any kind of instruction. Like sure, she just got it. She has she, she has trouble with like uh, playing games where she has to look and aim at like walk and aim at the same time because she doesn't use the two analog sticks. Right. Like, it, it's it's hard for her. But when you're looking around and like picking shit up and moving it around, like it's all just natural. So. Like, seeing people that aren't actually, like, gamers enjoying it is also, like, really fun for me. and it, it, It's just, it's it's a, a good time. I don't know. Like, I really don't have any buyer's remorse for this because I'm <coughs> enjoying what's there for now. And I know that there's going to be more, you know? Right. I'm sure, like, there isn't anything that I would say is, like, a full-on AAA game yet. And a lot of it is kind of the you're in a room, interact with it kind of stuff, experiences, as they like to call them. Um, but I know eventually after, like, this thing's been out for a while and, and people see what it is and can make things for it, it's going to be awesome. That's really exciting. Like, I think Shuhei Yoshida described it as PS1. Like, this yeah. is PS1. So, like, if this is PS1, like, what's Yeah, what's imagine next? it's... PS4, like, yeah, yeah. This, it, it's just gonna be even like, you know, bigger and better in the future. Like I said before, it's just gonna keep becoming, you know, just even better. So, yeah, I'm super happy with it. I hope you know everybody out there who's got it is really happy with it too, and that people, more people, get to experience it and kind of see for themselves how awesome it is. But moving on, uh, so I have a story to tell before we get into this next one. Okay. Today was a day of highs and lows for me. Oh, no. Okay. Highs were, you know, the Nintendo Switch being announced. Mm-hmm. Really cool looking thing. Right. And Red Dead Redemption 2, mm-hmm. which is going to be my, my game of the year next year. Yes. Um, those were awesome highs for me. Great day. Okay. Another awesome high, potentially was the fact that I looked on Best Buy, mm-hmm. and it seemed that my copy of Battlefield 1 oh. was available for pickup. Oh, hooray! But my copy isn't supposed to be available until tomorrow. Ooh, that's right. So I was very skeptical, as yeah. one should be. <coughs> so I call up Best Buy. I'm like, hey, um, my game says that it's available. Is it there? Can I come pick it up? Yeah. They're like, what's your name? I tell them my name, Sean Donahue. Sure. 
And they go, oh, yeah, I have it right here. You can totally come pick it up now. Okay. And I go, are you sure it's supposed to come out tomorrow? Right. They're Street like, date, yeah. Yeah, they're like, oh, yeah, uh, you can come <coughs> pick it up today. I got it right here. It's all filled out. Yeah. And I'm like, cool, awesome. Right. So I drive to Best Buy. No. Which is about 15 minutes away. You know where this is. I, go. I get to Best Buy. I give him my ID and my credit card. Sure. That's what they want to right. make sure that it's me. Mm-hmm. He gets the game out of the fucking cage. It's there in his hands. Yes. He's got the thing. He's filling it out. He's signed it off. Right. He's ready to hand me the fucking thing. He goes to scan it to say that he's given it to me. Right. And this noise goes, eh, eh. Oh, no, because it was blocked. Yeah. And he's like, huh, I wonder what's going on. And then he, he scans it. Eh, eh. And he's like, huh, let me look. And then he goes over to his computer. He types some shit. I don't fucking know. Right. And then he's like, oh, this comes out tomorrow. You're going to have to come back tomorrow. Right. Yep. And I'm like, are you serious? He's like, yeah, you have to come back tomorrow. No, no sorry or anything. Wow. I'm just like fucking pissed. And I'm like, are you serious? Like, it's right there. It's right fucking there. Like, it's in your goddamn hands. Right. And part of me wanted to cause a scene. Because yep. <laughs> then I like well, I feel like if I caused enough of a scene, they'd just be like, "All right, well here, just fucking take it." Right? You should have. But like, come freaked on. out. I was so pissed. Did you at I least say like, home. "Hey, I drove all the way over here. You guys told me I could pick it up. You, you know." No, I didn't say anything. I was too mad. Oh, I was like, man. And, and like this dude had like the dumbest like look on his face. Oh wow! And, and I know the fact that he's like he's just the dude that works there. Right. You know? It's right. not his fault, but like. A little bit of empathy, you know, like a sorry or like sure. Well, that sucks. At you would least, want like, you wanted him to like beg that. for forgiveness on his knees and like just be like, "I'm a horrible yeah. person. I'm sorry." Yeah. Nah, best idea would just be like, "Oh, this doesn't come out," to and then just like slides me the game. Yeah, but just, like, here you go, it. buddy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that wouldn't work out though, because I'm pretty sure they have to do that. Well, so that it comes off my account and I officially pay for it and shit. If it makes you feel better, I've been playing the fuck out of it for like three days straight. No, that doesn't make (laughs) me feel better, Garrett. Fuck you. That would be the opposite of what he would be doing. Oh. Well, would you like to at least live like vicariously through me? (laughs) No, still no. Okay. (laughs) But my my sad story, you know, opens up the topic of Battlefield 1 to Mr. Garrett Anderson, who's had the game for couple days now and it's been able to play it so yeah which is another reason why it's bullshit that i can't just (laughs) hand me my copy because i didn't pay like extra 20 dollars right so you know that was the thing is like we all got to play the uh the beta right and i knew that i i really really wanted to get my hands on battlefield one i was really excited at all the video footage i saw and i was really excited about going and checking out what a world war one first person shooter looks like and so I said, screw it. You know what? I want the early enlisters edition. I want to get the deluxe edition. So I'm an, you know, an adult with disposable income. And so I threw down, actually, it was only um, $70 at the Costco. But then I said, you know what? I just want to digitally download it because I want it on my hard drive. So I just went that way and I downloaded it. It was a huge download. It was about almost 50 gigabytes. Um, yeah. And, you know, like looking at it in hindsight now, I don't know if it was worth the extra $20 or not. I mean, I've had a good time playing it, but it's not like mm-hmm. that time could have been like made up anywhere else it's like i'm still playing tomb raider i still have bioshock on my i need to finish infinite you know so it's not like i needed it right now but i also wanted to be able to like talk about it on the show and be able to talk about it intelligently did uh you get anything else with 
like the twenty dollar edition? So like, did anything else come with it besides just getting to play it a couple days early? You get a Hellfighter pack, which includes these crates, and I'll get into that. That has to do with like the multiplayer. I kind of want to start with the campaign first because yeah, go for Traditionally, it. like Battlefield has never been known for its campaign, and in fact, no. most people think that they're bad, and I pretty much agree with that. Except for this way, they kind of went a different way about it. They created an anthology. Like stories, separate stories, yeah. right? About different soldiers who all took part in different battles, the biggest battles of World War One. So there's about like five or six of them, and they're each unique, and they're all really well done in a very compact way. They're only about like I want to say an hour long. You may even be able to run through it in like a half an hour and 45 minutes if you just wanted to do it, right? Um but within these this small amount of time, you really do get to feel like the soldiers that fought in World War 1. It's done really well cinematically. It's like absolutely beautiful. The cutscenes are breathtaking. The voice acting is good. Um and there are a lot of like just just terrible Saving Private Ryan moments where you're like, fuck, these soldiers had to go through some bullshit. Like, you were just like, just jaws on the... Is that what you were saying? Yeah, dude. Saving like, Private jaws Ryan. Jaws on the floor. Fuck. Like, really <laughs> emotional scenes. And mm-hmm. it, 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 it does a really good job in that regard, but the gameplay very much does feel like a setup for the multiplayer. It's like, here's the tank campaign. Here's the, yeah. the plane flying campaign. Here's the one where you get a horse. And it did something really weird. I don't know. Did you guys ever play Battlefield Hardline? No. Did you know that campaign was a stealth campaign? Nobody thought that it was going to be a stealth campaign. Battlefield Hardline was a game about cops and robbers where you stealthy had to get behind people and arrest them. (laughs) There was almost no killing and shooting in that campaign at all. And it does some tricky thing in this where in the the second campaign, it's basically like the tank campaign where you're like driving Mm -hmm. this, um, this tank and you're getting to know this crew that manned this one take called Betsy, you know, you can get the, you can get the imagery in your head. Right. And, uh, but there are these, like set points where you have to get out of the tank and scout ahead and it all of a sudden turns into a stealth game which is really weird for battlefield because when you think battlefield you feel like these like huge 64 yeah, run and gun. player run and gun gigantic yeah. battles bombs dropping everywhere all of a sudden i was cl- like inching my way through this forest area and like stealthily like sneaking up behind people and like stabbing them in the back and i was like the hell is Battlefield getting all stealthy on me for in the last possible second? But anyway, I still think that the campaign's okay. You can get through it in, like I said, about six hours. And it's really cool because you can play them individually. They don't really do, like, a huge connection together. It's not like you need to play them in any order. At any given time, you can play, like, one of the six different stories at any given time. Um, That's cool. I like that. One thing that it does, too, is in the loading zones and the loading times... It actually gives you historical facts about World War One, and I tell you what, guys, I have actually cool. ingested more information about World War One in the last three days than I ever did in my U.S. history classes, and that's a fact. It hits you hard right off the get-go. It starts off like the over sixty million oh people died in World War One. It was a war that only lasted four <laughs> days. In. It was supposedly the the war to end all end all wars, but it didn't do anything. It didn't change anything, and it, and it gives you all these crazy historical facts that really kind of to me like makes me realize like, man, World War One was just an insane war. 
You know, I mean, obviously all wars are, but it's just crazy to me about the amount of information I'm getting out of a video game about this war. Um, I'm actually really curious about that. Yeah. Because the reason this game intrigues me is because World War I is so intriguing to me, and it gets absolutely no play. Like, I love history. Oh, you love this. I remember being in... Yeah, I love history, and I want to play this game because, like, World War One doesn't get the, its due right. because it's such a brutal war in yeah. just what preceded it, the tactics used, and it was a less black-and-white war. Like, World War Two was very much about Adolf Hitler is trying to take over the world, sure. and he has this perfect view of what... Uh, of what a person should be in German, like, tall, blonde, blue eyes. And this war was definitely not that. It was a lot more complicated. Not that World War II wasn't complicated. So I'm curious, like, how does it do a good job of sort of getting across the seriousness uh, and the sort of brutal, like, the mustard gas and French warfare... Of all that stuff? The beginning, the very opening of the campaign gave me goosebumps. It is that fucked up. It literally says over 60 million people died in this war. You are not suspected or expected to survive. And you can't even move on to the next campaign until you die. And you don't die in a very nice way. I mean, it's like you are grinding at the edge of your teeth at the end of this very first section of this campaign. Like, holy fuck, I don't have anywhere to go. I'm down to my last two bullets. What am I going to... Oh, my God, I'm getting burned to death or I'm getting, like, mustard gas to death. It's just... And when you die, it's it's really crazy because it puts up the soldier's name on the screen and the year they were yeah. born and the year they died. And it's really emotional. I mean, it is that the music that kicks in after you die is very like sombersome. It's not like call of duty where you die and your body just flops over where you, you know what I mean? Oh it's, it's like, it's, yeah, it's yeah. very emotional. And, and yeah, I mean, I think that you, it, it definitely will make a lot more people aware of the war. It's all about the multiplayer though. The campaign's good, but the multiplayer is great. So they have five modes. Um, I'm going to talk about some of the weird ones that a lot of people aren't playing. So first of all, War Pigeons. War Pigeons is great. So War Pigeons is crazy because War Pigeons is based off of the War Pigeons, the pigeons that were used in World War One. I. I don't know if you knew this, but they always used to yeah. keep a white pigeon in a tank to where if like a tank would go down, the t- people inside the tank would be able to release the pigeon to show other people their coordinates. And that was crazy. They'd be able to send messengers pigeons back to like their their artillery base saying hey their bunker is here they would like literally put messages on birds and like fling them back so that they could let everybody else know where they were at well the the goal of this game play is basically to run get the pigeon and bring it back to your your place to where you can release it so that you can tell the uh your team where their you know artillery is and all that and the first one to get three pigeons wins it's a very unique it's capture the flag basically is really what it is um i I like to imagine a whole bunch of dudes just like fighting over a pigeon and that's what it is Mm -hmm. give me the pigeon that's what it and it's funny too because (laughs) when when the like the opposite team takes the pigeon it says enemy has taken the pigeon enemy has dropped the pigeon when you kill them you've picked up the pigeon you're running with the pigeon you've released the pigeon i'm like god thank you for telling me everything that i'm doing because i'm kind of confused i don't know what's happening why doesn't the pigeon just like fly away on its own (laughs) and the little pigeon it's a white pigeon and it's flapping in the wind it's funny though um does the pigeon just kind of like look around like right what the fuck is going on it's (laughs) capture the flag these men grabbing me rush mode is crazy 
Rush mode is definitely the most frantic of like the five um, different you know gameplays. Rush is a very mm-hmm. standard attack and defend where you get these two locations where you either have to attack it or defend it depending upon what team you're on. And it is crazy. Yeah. It is like everybody... That's a classic field thing, isn't it? Yeah, you're literally just rushing to this one area and there's just all amounts of destruction. It's cray-cray. Um, there's team deathmatch in here. I don't think that it, you should not be buying this game for team deathmatch. Mm. If you want to play team deathmatch, wait for Titanfall 2 that's coming out on the 28th or wait for Call of Duty because I don't really feel like this is... Uh, I mean, it, it serves its purpose well, but it doesn't do it better than Call of Duty or better than Titanfall, in my opinion. You know? It's not as fast and it's not as frantic. Um, Domination is there. Domination is a great, great game, but basically Domination is the kiddie pool to Conquest. Conquest has always been, like, the best yeah gameplay mode in Battlefield, and it hasn't changed. The maps in these are absolutely huge. You're talking about 32 on 32, huge 64-player battles of epic proportions. You have tanks, planes, horses, trains. all the things. Trains, too. But, I gotta say, I don't want to say any positives and negatives because it's conquest. It's always going to be good. What I will say is, I, if I can give you guys some tips, dude, if anything, if you're listening to this and you're playing Battlefield 1, Play the objective. And what I mean by that is if you're going to go to A, if you're going to go to B, and you're going to go to C, you're in a squad, right? You can just jump in the game, but you you benefit best by being in a squad of five people total. And in those five people, there's always a squad leader, okay? The squad leader can tell the other squad and give directions to the other four players as to what to do. So, for example, if you're trying to capture A... Set A as the objective mm-hmm. if you're the squad leader, or listen to your squad leader and go to A if you get the command. And the reason for being is you normally get 500 points in conquest when you capture a destination. But if the squad leader tells you to go there and you capture it, not only do you get 500, you get another 100 for following orders. And if you cap it with another squad member, you end up getting another 100 points to for capturing it with your squad. So does that make sense? You end up walking out of there with 700 points as opposed to 500 points. And if you're looking to level up, it's all about the points. And you will always find yourself in the top five bracket if you play the objective. If you're going into Battlefield 1 to play by yourself, you're doing it wrong. And you don't need to be playing with friends to do this kind of cooperative gameplay because you can actually set commands without even talking to anybody. You can literally hold down, I think it's like right bumper, Mm -hmm. And it brings up the social, which will say, hey, give me a command, or hey, guys, go there, and everybody on your squad can see it. So there doesn't need to be actually any verbal communication there, but dude, I've just been seeing so many people, the the losing team always... Going for kills and stuff. They're they're going for kills and stuff, and they're not playing the objective, and they're also not communicating. The other night, I met two people online, I just befriended them over there. Dude, we went 14-0. and Because there was literally three of us had mics. The other two just stayed with us. And we were communicating with everything that we were doing. As soon as we started getting tired and stopped communicating, we lost. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we you know that 15th game, we just went down. <coughs> um, I think it's an amazing game to play with friends. Once again, I think that if you're more of a solo, solo run-and-gun player, I think you'd be better off waiting for Call of Duty or Titanfall. But if you do have friends that you want to play with or you like being a quote-unquote team player, I think Battlefield 1 is definitely for you. Absolutely. Dope. I can't wait to go back to Best Buy tomorrow and get it so that I can play with my friends. You should just you should just punch that dude in the face. Nah, because they definitely won't give it to me. <laughs> yeah. Dope. Yeah, but like I said, I can't wait to play it. Uh, 
I'll be doing that tomorrow, though. Uh, moving on. Do you want to play tomorrow night? Can we set a date? Let's do this tomorrow night. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm definitely gonna be on tomorrow. Yeah. I don't. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I feel like I had something going on tomorrow night, but Saturday night I know I got like some party. Cancel I have to all your plans. To. There's all sorts of shit happening oh, no. this weekend. I have to go find a costume though. What What should my costume oh, no. be? Podcast Giant host penis. Sean Donahue. Ooh, I like she it. Goes, <laughs> I like it, Chris. He's a. Uh... Um. Anyways, moving on. <laughs> like I said before, big news today today was like e3 and a half or something where we got a new nintendo console in a new open world rockstar game same day uh not really announcements i guess but like more just announcement trailers the first trailers the first things we've seen of these two things and like true confirmations yeah that these things actually exist i appreciate that excuse me so first thing let's talk about the Nintendo Switch. Mm. Right off the bat, don't like the name. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Well, I actually, I don't know why I say that like I'm surprised everyone hates the name. But I like the name. So before we get into that, Willie Beeman, or Beeman, mm-hmm. yeah, he, he told me how to say it, Willie Beeman, and AJ Bianchi, Bianchi, fucking, I need to learn your names. I'm so sorry. Uh, both want to know what our thoughts on the switch were those that was their listener question so this is the switch portion this is for you guys (laughs) actually we're gonna do this anyways but yeah so what are like what's the initial thought here like right out like one word what would you have to say optimistic Hmm. meh Hmm. Hmm. i'd have to say uh, turn around. <laughs> you know? <laughs> That's like two that. words. No, there's a hyphen. <laughs> Hyphens don't count. Oh, okay. I'll give it to you. I'll give it to um, you. Yeah. So, the the Nintendo Switch, if you, if you haven't seen it yet, you should probably go look up that trailer. That trailer with all the attractive people playing video games. Real, real attractive people. <laughs> it's uh, Nintendo's new console, which is... A hybrid between, uh, you know, a console and a portable system. Um, so when you're at home, you can slide the system into this docking thing, which connects to your TV and lets you play games on your TV um, with these little controllers that kind of slide onto it. So you can slide those off and put it on, like, kind of a controller-type, you know, docking thing, I guess. I don't know what to call it. Sure, and, sure. Uh, you know, it kind of turns it into a normal controller. You could play it like that. Or you can slide those off, <coughs> take the console out of the, you know, TV dock, slide the two controller ends onto it, and then you got a portable system. And you're going to be able to play the same right. games, um, whether it be on the console at home or on the go in its, like, portable state. So um, that's what gets me really excited is just the fact that every time we get a portable it promises console-like experiences on the go. This is the first thing that... Well, no, I'm not going to say the first thing because I, I was very hopeful that the PS Vita was going to pull that kind of stuff off, which I think it does in an extent, but it's right. not all the way there. I feel like this definitely goes you know, a bit further 
in the way that it works. Like the fact that you can sit there and play Skyrim on an airplane with this sure. thing gets me yeah. completely stoked for it, you know. Um definitely. There hasn't been a lot of details on you know the battery, what kind of um you know graphics it's going to have, what kind of sure hardware it's working with you know what kind of experiences we'll get on the system itself you know that you're going to get nintendo games we know for sure right. we're at least going to get you know zelda breath of the wild they showed off skyrim they showed off nba which is another whole thing where you know nintendo's getting third-party support again which is fantastic. If they have 2k behind them there's all kinds of good stuff that 2k can yeah. bring to the they, table they, they sure. have ea yeah. activision they they showed this whole list of partners the people that are going to be working with them on the system which basically just showed to me that you know nintendo's kind of pulling away from the business practices that have been kind of leaving them in a in the dust yeah in a poor state you know with the wii u just third parties left them yeah. all they have is themselves and they have this weaker console that you know their games use all of these like you know arbitrary controllers like the the gamepad and the 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 Wii U or not the Wii U the the Wii sticks I forget what they're called the nunchucks and Wiimotes and stuff like that um, that you can't really play you know the the normal AAA <coughs> games with but finally I feel like they're you know kind of making a turnaround to try and embrace <clears throat> the gaming crowd that is kind of us you know the hardcore gamers not just you know the the families that want a toy in their living room. Um, right, and you know that's exactly what I got from the trailer too. There wasn't a single like kid, yeah, in that trailer. They're so, all like right, right, twenty, thirty year old people playing. You know, can the we just Switch talk about how good that music was? I did not like that song. Spe- oh, if Be you don't yourself. like that, if you don't Gonna like that have song, a good time. I'd, I'd encourage you to go. <laughs> yes. I'd encourage everybody. Can we just to talk check- about? Oh. Ahead, I'd encourage everybody to check out Matt Scoville's yes, Twitter. I saw that. Um, he replaced that song with Hurt by Johnny Cash. Yeah. And oh put that song. Oh, my gosh. And yeah, it's amazing how poignant it that, looks. They look so sad to be playing that. video games. I've never seen that. Oh, yeah. It's so good. Dude, I don't... He, yeah, anyways. My it. biggest problem with this is this. Can I just say, can we talk about the portability for a sec? Sure. Like, I feel like I get that that's awesome to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. But for me, instantaneously, that's not a selling point for me. And I don't think it's a selling point for a lot of people. And I might get slack for this, but, dude, I haven't touched my Vita in over a year because, right, <coughs> I live right down the street from my work. I don't commute anywhere. I don't travel much. And when I do, you know, I mean, I have comic books. I have other forms of media that I can bring with me. I don't think I have another, you know... I don't have space for another portable gaming device in my life. So if I do decide to get this product, right, I'm not even going to use the one thing that they're selling, right? The one thing that they're, like, promoting, right? They're The one thing that they're trying to say is, like, hey, you can take this console on the go. So really, for me, all it is is about those exclusives. Like, I do want to play Zelda, but I also want to see everything else they're going to get as far as software wise because honestly i don't want to play skyrim on this nintendo console i could play skyrim on a pc i could play skyrim remastered on my playstation 4 unless but, this but that's exactly switch is more powerful that that's exactly what i'm saying though is I the mean, fact that like you don't play those handheld consoles on the gold 
on the go because they don't have the games and experiences you're looking for. Whereas this system is going I mean, to be a console that you can take with you where you're going to have those console games that you like playing at home. Now, wherever the fuck you're going to go, like that long ass, you know, train ride you took all of a sudden now you have battlefield one on it. I don't know. It's also a flexible console. It's not just a handheld console. It is also right. a home console. So if you're someone who doesn't feel like they need a dedicated handheld, this is not that. It's both. Yeah. Like, I saw something weird. What was that deal where they went to the park or whatever, guys, right? And do you remember seeing this, guys, Chris and Sean, where they were able to – they took the main actual device and all of a sudden they split it into two different controllers? Yeah. And these so. controllers were like – Teeny, teeny, teeny. Yeah, so, so what was up with that? So those are the things that go on the side. So like the main device itself right. is just a big screen. And then you have right. like slides on the side where you can slide on the actual controller parts of the system. And you can slide okay. them off and use them as individual controllers too. So what because there's two sides of it, which is a joystick and four buttons, you can take those right. off and each person gets one of them. And you can play Mario Kart or like other multiplayer games like that, like locally. Which I think, I mean, it's yeah. not. I'm not sitting there saying that I'm one of those people that's like, oh, cool, I can play on this tiny ass little thing with my buddy now. It's like, no, I'll probably just have like two normal controllers hooked up to this fucker if I'm like really that serious about it. Yeah. Um, like, I don't I'm not gonna sit there and play with like the tiniest controller ever conceived. Yeah, that's the one thing of it that I'm like, I'm not interested in that because I'm not going to be sitting in the park with four friends and yeah. three other friends and playing with these tiny little things, like huddle around right. this tiny screen. I'm not going to do Those controllers that. just looked uncomfortable. Yeah, it's like, yeah. come on, Chris, we're getting real close here, buddy. Yeah. You and I, we're going to play on these little things. Like, they're so small. I was like, those things yeah. are going to hurt my hands. Yeah, man. I mean, if, if you're, <laughs> but if you're like, like I could see me using that kind of with my brother just because every time we go on a trip, I always bring shit to entertain myself with him and he brings nothing. So instead of right. him like standing over my shoulder being like, Hey man, can I play after you and stuff like that? Like we can whip this thing out and you know, I can sure. give him a tiny controller and I'll have my tiny controller and we'll play some Mario Kart or 2k or something. So, um, what about the, f- <coughs> oh, go ahead. Like, like I'm, I'm really excited about this just because, it seems like Nintendo's making right moves again, you know? Yeah. Um, and it's something different. It's like... Sure. It, it's not going to be something that's going to replace my PS4. You know, obviously, my PS4 is my main console. That's something that, like... That's the thing I go to when I want to play games at, like, the best quality, like, that I, I can't... Well, I guess I could go to my PC to play it even better. But, like, that's where I like to play my games. It's on my PS4. Um, but this is, like, something else, like, on the side that I would get you know, that I could take it with me or play at home. You know, it's where I get, you know, Legend of Zelda, obviously one of my favorite fucking franchises. Um, I'm going to be able to, you know, play the games there. And it excites me to be able to take it with me. And, you know, Nintendo always does handhelds right, but it always sucks that, like, it's been separate from their consoles. Like, they they don't have the same games. And what this means to me is... You know, after this, is the 3DS out of the picture now? Because, like, you have this handheld that's also a console. It's like, this is seems to me like it's going to be Nintendo's main focus, you know, all around. And 
um you know i'm i'm just excited about the fact that all the developers at nintendo are going to be working for this one system it's not just going to be <coughs> These people are making 3DS games. These people are making Wii U games. It's going to be yeah. every Nintendo game that's going to be of high quality is coming to this system. And it and it puts Nintendo in this position where they can finally make the right moves. They can make a trophy system, whatever they may call it. Yeah. They can make a cohesive Nintendo that makes sense and speaks to gamers. Like, they can stop the fragmented stuff... And they can finally do what people want them to do. Yeah, there and, there hasn't been any details on like software, like how the UI is, and whether you have you know party chat where you can talk to your friends, you have friends list, or how the online infrastructure is going to be. You haven't seen a lot of that yet, but the fact that like third parties like Two K are coming to this kind of speaks to maybe they're going for that because you know Two K is played online, like. People buy 2K to sure. play against other people, and if they're gonna be buying it on, you know, the Switch, they better have that fucking feature. So, yeah, like it's weird too. I s- oh, go ahead. Sorry, Chris. Just like my thoughts overall, I just think that the console is like a breath of fresh air. It speaks it's almost like to... they switched it over. Yeah, yeah, yeah they're switching um, it up. That if go. that's not their tagline for the console, like. <laughs> I'm Switch it up pissed. with Nintendo. Yeah. No. The fact that, and it's what, we've brought it up a bunch now, the fact that there's no families, there's no sort of cheesy, like, it felt so Apple, actually. It felt like yeah. they got it. Like, from the second that this thing started, it was a commercial, yeah, and that's what commercials do, but it felt like Nintendo got it, and it felt like they were doing all the right things, and that this was a machine that I wanted to own for the first time in a long time. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't just going to be this, okay, I'll buy this to play the new Mario, but buy this to play the new Zelda. And it might be that, but Nintendo did the thing that I complained that Sony didn't mm-hmm. uh, when they announced the Pro, was that they didn't convince me that this machine was something that I needed. And they didn't market it in such a way that gave me that apple hype that yeah, hype made you want to buy it yeah yeah that sort of glossy cool you want this because all these really good looking people are playing it and it's going to be really cool that... and it's going to change the oh way you God. play games and honestly like i'm i joke around about the good looking people but that's important like all this stuff that they're doing is important and it speaks to a nintendo that like was like long forgotten and the biggest thing about this that makes me happy is i feel like it's a compromise that nintendo is making they're deciding okay listen we've sort of made our bed with the company that we are now i feel like a lot of people think that nintendo and see nintendo as a company that doesn't exist anymore they see i feel like it's the same way people see rare like Mm -hmm. The Nintendo that a lot of people love was a company that existed in the mid-90s, and from the N64 on, they've been making decisions that a lot of like hardcore Nintendo fans haven't loved. I can't speak for all Nintendo fans, but I feel like they've been going down this path, and I think every single thing, it's like them doing something different. So it's like N64, the cartridges, GameCube, like 
the way that system was by the handle. It always has this little gimmick, this thing, the yeah. Wii, the Wii U with the touchpad. So it's Nintendo making this compromise of, listen, we're not going to compete with Microsoft and Sony. That's their fight. But we also want to give our fans something that they want. And this is the best compromise. We're sort of consolidating everything. Yeah. We're giving you the games that you want. We're talking to third parties. Hopefully they're going to step into the 21st century and have voice chat and uh, achievements mm-hmm. and cross-game chat and all that stuff. So it makes me excited. I think like I was watching the kind of funny reacts thing and Tim was saying... Right now, it's sort of like the Vita, like, we don't know what's coming. We don't know if mm-hmm. there's going to be that bomb, that thing that goes, ugh. Oh, yeah, I'm really? sure there's, there's you know, shitty details about this thing that we haven't learned yet. You know, it's not all going to be, you know, great. We don't right. we don't know yeah. what kind of memory it has, how much it's going to cost, you know, things like that, like the battery life. or There's a lot of details we haven't yeah. gotten yet, but, like, right off the, the, the concept of it, the fact that, like, they're, they're showing this exists and this is what it is, so far, I'm excited. So, yeah. Well, there's a couple things we do know. I wanted to say, I'm really interested in that controller because <coughs> in the trailer you see a fully functional controller with actual analog sticks. It looked a lot like a you know PS4 slash Xbox One or 360 controller. It looked like yeah. very traditional, and I'm kind of like anxious to get my hands on that thing because they've always been like Chris said, gimmicky with how they decided to design all their peripheral stuff. Also, too. They've confirmed their shit's going to be on cartridge. Yeah. They're going to have cartridges for these things. And that, to me, is like, yeah, they're going into the 21st century, but they're using cartridges? I'm well, sorry. That's kind of a weird concern. Well, that I mean, like, that, just weird to that's me. That's nothing you know? to be really concerned about because, like, all it is is the way <coughs> the data is, like, stored. And at this yeah, point, just... the reason they switched from CDs was because cartridges were so expensive to put all of that data sure. on. But technology has moved so far like away from that where now you can get you know little memory sticks like i've seen tiny like micro uh sd cards with like 500 gigabytes you know tiny sure, sure. Things. so like a cartridge like that size could probably fit like a shit ton of data on it and you know it, right it, it, it'll probably work better on this because if it's a mobile console do you really want to be sitting there like taking these discs with you and kind of shoving a disc into a thing like i I feel like this is better for that it's more portable i'm also concerned about how how easy that really is because man during that trailer they that that person literally just walked up to the main hub that was close to the tv and just went slide it slid in the tablet and literally pulled up the controllers attached to it and they just made it look i don't know if that was just a little bit of trickery i'm like really is that easy it is are you sure i don't have to like do this whole thing where (laughs) i have to like move a bunch of things in order to make this happen like is it really that easy and another big concern is is we're talking about like playing 2k right um you know like playing that dude if it's if it's something you can just pick up with you and walk out the door with, this thing needs to stay connected to the internet to play some games, right? Like if yeah. it's an internet connected, is does this thing have three G or four G possibilities? I know these are things we don't know, but that's the kind of shit I'm curious about. I'm like, because if these games need to stay connected to the internet and this thing is quote unquote portable, how is it going to stay connected to the internet when you're playing said games? Well, maybe, and that's maybe just, you just can't. You know, maybe you can't. You know, you just can't yeah. play some games online like when you're going away because like. I mean, it's the same if you have a console. Like, if you are you go to a friend's house and their internet's out or your internet goes out, you can still play games, but sure. you can't play, like, Destiny, 
you can't play Battlefield One online. You, you know, right? And I feel like adding 3G to that console would be a mistake because yeah. Sony right. tried that with the Vita and it didn't work. It, they got it, rid of that. It's just a feature that, that doesn't entirely. get used. Yeah. It costs a shit ton of money. I just have more questions than anything else, I think. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, the, the trailer just left me going, like, hey, I like this song. Oh, my these God. These people are awesome. I, I wish I could hang out with these people in real life and play their, you know, Nintendo yeah. Switch with them. This is this looks like fun. I, I love all the jokes uh, that are coming out of it, like uh, like the girl that goes to the party with her Switch. And then, like, all I saw yeah. a joke that was, like, all of her friends are like, God, here comes Susan with that goddamn Nintendo thing. And then it's like, <laughs> come on, Susan, we're drinking. We're yeah. being sociable. Put the video game away. Right. Put the damn video game down. Yeah. I like how she looks out the window, too, because in the trailer, like, she's playing her little, like, Nintendo Switch on her couch. Yeah. And then she looks out the window, and her friends are on the rooftop having a party. They're like, come over yeah. here. She looks at him like, but I'm playing video games over here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's like, I can bring my shit with me. Yeah. And then I, I saw a oh, lot God. of people being like, this console was made to, like, so when you have to take a shit, you don't have to stop playing. You just put the thing on, you go to the bathroom, and right. you keep playing saw, Skyrim on the toilet. I saw Jeff Kanata tweet out, uh, a lot of old people are going to be really confused when their grandchildren keep on talking about their Switch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Get hit with the yeah. Switch. I don't know. They, I feel like they could have came up with a fucking better I, name. I honestly, but, the, uh, I actually like the name. It's not anything I like to do NX with the better. Wii. NX sounds way cooler. No. Fucking call no, it the NX. Like it does it. sound cooler. The only person I've seen agree with me is friend of the show Alex O'Neill. Only person. Yeah, but I've who seen cares what he says? Oh, <laughs> just joking. On, I don't know. I want to see more software. Was that? That's all I want. I just want to see more software. Yeah, we will. You I know, mean, you just got to be patient and yeah. wait because, like, right. we've waited this long to even hear about it. the thing that blows my mind that I like I forget about and then it comes up again. This shit's coming out March. That's five months right. away. That's super that, soon. That's, that's my birthday, guys. I'm gonna get a switch oh, for my man. birthday. I'll get you a Finally. switch for your birthday. Oh, that sounds <laughs> like you're gonna beat me up. <laughs> that's what I was implying. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not into that, but. Uh-huh. I don't like getting beat up. I'm sorry, Chris. Why not? I'm not a masochist or whatever that's called. It's is a, it a BDSM. sadist. Is it a sadist or a masochist? I think that's BDSM. That either. I don't like that either. Come on. But isn't that stand for? Isn't it stand for like bondage and sadomasochist? Masochist. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Are we talking about that. this right now? What's happening? We're not like having a full conversation. <laughs> I'm just bringing up BDSM because it came up. You know, sometimes you just let's let's bring... let's get into BDSM. that. Let's get into that real quick. Let's just get all into that. <laughs> all right. What's we, the BDSM, the BDSM scene portion in of the podcast? Yeah. <laughs> the, it's favorite. our new it's weekly segment. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, what's going on Comics in the world of BDSM? Your... <laughs> Comics and joysticks for all your BDSM podcasting needs. Yeah, maybe nice. it'll become an offshoot podcast where each week we talk about the world of BDSM and then we read a chapter from Fifty Shades of Grey and talk about it. My favorite chapter was when uh, she doesn't have sex with anybody, ever. I love the part where uh, he says, I don't make love. Oh, God. Fuck. Hard. <laughs> I really hope I get to hear Chris say that intimately to me sean <laughs> i don't make love sean 
It needs to I be. It love. needs to be in person, Chris. I fuck. Hard. That's a line in an actual movie. Wow. All right. In an actual. All right. Let's move on. Anyways. <laughs> Last topic. Uh, possibly my favorite topic of the show. Fucking Red Dead Redemption Two, two. motherfuckers. Two. It's happening. Don't know when the fuck that, that fall 2017. It's gonna happen a long time from now, a year, but uh, I'm like crazy excited about it. So, uh, in the last week, we first got on Sunday the Rockstar logo in a red background, which immediately set the internet on fire. Which like to me just goes to show how fucking awesome <coughs> Rockstar Studios is. And how, you know, popular they are. Like, how ingrained that company is into just gaming overall. Like, when they announce something, it's a goddamn event. Mm -hmm. Like, I've seen more people probably tweeting about that than the upcoming election that's probably going to ruin our country. (laughs) Yeah, I'm, I'm carrying that load. Yeah, so... Anyways, uh, next on Monday, they released so, – so with the logo, people are like, maybe it's not Red Dead. Maybe it's some other – people are like, oh, can't wait for the table tennis 2 game or some shit. Um, then Monday, they, they showed another image. It was like a sunset with seven people going across um, in silhouette, and people were, were speculating – who these people are, but obviously at this point it's Red Dead Redemption or a Red Dead game. We we didn't know the title. Everybody on Monday was speculating, oh, what's the title going to be? Is it Red Dead Revengeance? Is it Red Dead Rebuttal? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It's, uh, all, it's, all it's not that one. Scene. Huh? It's just long, one long court case. Yeah. Red Dead uh, Rogers. Steve Rogers is in it, and he fights cowboys. Hmm. Wow. Yeah, and the Red Skull. And the Red Skull. Actually, this makes a lot of sense. Holy shit. <laughs> this Jeez. is what's really happening, guys. We need to edit this part out because we don't want anybody to take that idea. Yeah, yeah. they're going to send their fucking hit squad <laughs> after us because we fucked up their uh, NDA on accident. Anyways. Um, I don't think you can uh, disobey an NDA by accident. I think you have to sign I don't know, maybe. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> They make us sign in our sleep, Chris. You don't know. Rockstar's everywhere. Mm. I do sign but that, sign things in my sleep a lot. Yeah. But that trailer, though, I'm telling you. Yeah. So before that, also on Tuesday, they finally showed the title, Red Dead Redemption 2. Not an awesome title. I was hoping for, like, Red Dead, you know, Revengeance or something else with an R. Sure. Whatever. Red right. Dead Redemption 2, we're getting it. Um, and then the silhouettes of the people got a little more detail. Uh, and I just want to point out that one of them looks like John Marston. One of them looks like right. Dutch. One of them looks like yep. Bill Williamson. I think we're looking at Dutch's gang, which, like, gives weight to the rumor that, like, the whole thing's going to be a prequel to uh, Red Dead mm-hmm. uh, 1. Or not 1. Red Dead Redemption 1. This is going to be a whole fucking thing. Red Dead Redemption. Let's all just forget Revolver happened and just <laughs> fucking move on, Okay. 
Most well, you know what's do. funny is remember last week when we were talking about what comic book we wanted, and we were saying how cool would it be to see a prequel to see John Marston at his time at his prime, like Robin Banks and <coughs> yeah, Robin yeah. Trains and and everything, and then get okay, it looks like this might be that game. Yeah, that's yeah. funny. That like super interesting. <laughs> we were just talking about that, and they decided to you know spring this on us, but uh, super exciting. So, like I said, um, it looks like it's going to be a prequel. Um, one of the the things about the image, the guy that looks like uh, John Marston is kind of looking off to the left while all the other people are looking straight, which makes me think it's him even right. more because John Marston leaves the gang and actually ends up yeah. hunting them down in uh, Redemption 1. And I just like that kind of, if that's him, that, that foreshadowing to things that we already know happen. But there is so, also... Super small but significant detail. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. awesome. There's so, also the theory that, like, Everyone in that silhouette is someone is, is the playable. people that you have to kill. Like it's uh, your job to pretty much like um, get out there, you know, Kill Bill style, just get them. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. So, part of me, um, like one of the problems, potential problems I have with this is like if this is a prequel about John Marston, uh, I feel like it's not going to be as good just because we know his story we know he leaves the gang we know what happens to him at the end of red dead one it's like we know pretty much everything about john marston like his whole life story even though we didn't like see the details of him being with the gang and stuff like that and it probably would be cool to go along with the gang but like just the fact that like we know how that all ends i feel like it wouldn't be the same but then again, it's still probably going to be a fucking awesome game, even though that's what they do. Right. Um, anyways. But you were hoping for a different story, basically? Were you hoping for something completely fresh? Is that... I don't know, because like, I love John Marston. Like, I could definitely play yeah. as him again. The, my problem is sure. just, like, if it's about him and the gang, I don't know. Yeah. Like, if it's maybe... If maybe you already it's know about, the outcome. Yeah. Maybe if it's about him and the gang, and, like, they're really, like... If they do it like this, if, if it's about him and the gang... And they're really close together, like the gang's really tight knit, and you can kind of see what set him on that path to like, sure, get out of it and all that. Even though he still kind of talks about it in the other game, um, yeah. I don't know. I, I trust them to make a compelling story. Like the the first one was great. Um, yeah, I just don't know how it's gonna work being a prequel. Also, it bugs me that if it's a prequel and it's two. That's annoying. Yeah. Because of, it is. Yeah. I feel like if, if you're putting a two at the end of it, like it should be following the first one, but we'll see. Mm-hmm. And it's also really confusing already with Revolver. A lot of people never even played that game. Yeah. So it's like, oh my gosh. Anyway, it's a mess. Anyways, so today we finally got um, the the first trailer for the game. It's about a minute long. It shows a lot of scenery in the game which gorgeous fucking it, it might be the most beautiful game i've ever seen it, it right it's like i don't know if everything there was captured straight out of the game it looked like it like it looked like it yeah. was it was gameplay but it was like mind-blowingly like beautiful it was yeah when really... the hunter was walking his horse with the deer strapped on the back i was like that's a real man the... i was like oh no it's not a real man <laughs> the, the scene that really got me is like... when uh it's showing like the campfire under the really tall trees and then above you can kind of see the stars 
of the Milky Dude. Way, and I'm like, holy shit, this is gorgeous. Or when the birds are flying, like, through the woods, and, like, there's a river going along, like, and there's, like, a sunset, I think. Like, it, it was all just, it's beautiful. And then we get beautiful. Um, a little bit of dialogue, I guess, one of these outlaws or something like that. He's, he looked like an outlaw. Um, was, I forget exactly what he said, but it's pretty much like you can't get out alive or some shit. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, and then I I can't understand what he says at the very end. He's like, "Welcome to blah blah blah." Don't know what that last word is. Yeah, I mean, I saw it like two or three times, but I I don't remember what exactly he I, says. Yeah. It's all very it's all very like, uh, get ready, folks, because all everything's about to go down. Kind of statement, yeah. you know. I don't. I can't understand what he says, and everything that like I've seen for it hasn't explained what he says. So I don't. Nobody knows. Um, but then we get that awesome scene of like the seven. I'm gonna call them outlaws <coughs> because they had bandanas on their face, they got guns drawn, and they're going towards the town. So I'm pretty sure they're outlaws, uh, just riding through all together in a line. It was really cool. Um, I was a little disappointed by this trailer though. Only because yeah. it wasn't longer and it didn't like really give us any solid details. I agree yeah. about well, I feel... what this game is going to be. You know what I mean? Like I still don't know who it's about, when it takes place, or like even what kind of game it's gonna be. Because like with the way Rockstar has been focusing on GTA online, I don't know whether they're going for like a completely online experience here, which I don't really right. think that they will. Yeah. But, like, still, who knows? We don't know really anything about this game other than Red Dead Redemption by Rockstar coming out fall 2017, and it looks fucking gorgeous. But, like, Rockstar has had a trend of when they release a teaser for a game highlighting the world. Like, yeah. remember the GTA 4 trailer? Mm-hmm. It no, GTA 5, was, right? Well, I'm talking about GTA 4 when they show off Liberty City and it's like oh, okay. the Get a Life building and all that stuff yeah, yeah, and the yeah, Statue yeah. of Liberty. Their right. their sort of MO is just show off the world, show off how gorgeous it is, mm-hmm. and then at the end, show the character. And that's kind of like what they do. It's essentially, hey, this game is a thing. You know it's a thing. Here how Here's how gorgeous this looks. Here's the world that you're going to be spending time in. And here's a right. little tiny tease of the people you might be playing as. God, that just bugs me. I'm not me. sure if we needed it. Did we really need this, though? Here's well, the, You know what bugs me? It, it bugs that... me that I know that this is a thing now. And for like the next well, year, I'm going to know this shit's coming. And I can't exactly. wait. And it's just going to be like bugging me that I can't play it right now. And it's not like this trailer made anybody go, oh, I'm going to, you know, if anything... I'm going to pre-order this now. I mean, it's 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 really far out and like now it's just like we just know it's being made. Thanks for letting us know, but like I would like them to go to complete blackout at this point. I don't want to see six more trailers of of Red Dead 2. I really oh, yeah. don't. I just I just want to know whether or not John Marston is in this game. That's really the only okay, detail I need. Yeah. I want to know if he's in it and if we're playing as him. Me too, and, then, and I and hope we I, are because he's like easily top three video game characters of all time he's an amazing character his story like i i will definitely not spoil it for anybody who hasn't played the game but his story is just fantastic and Mm -hmm. him as a character especially compared to any character in a gta game was so layered he had a purpose he had a job to do in that game and 
his story and the narrative had a point, and it was so. I don't well know. Done. Gay Tony was pretty awesome. I still haven't played okay. that. Everybody yeah. says Ballad of Gay Tony is <laughs> awesome, and The Lost in the Dam is awesome, and I still haven't. Oh, played they're, it. I need they're to. all good. Yeah. Yeah, Ballad of Gay Tony, I'll uh, give you that. But John Marston. I was joking. I was joking. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like that's what I loved about that game. Like I felt like it was something above the Rockstar fare of a character who kind of didn't have a whole lot of depth. And yeah. John Marston had so much depth. And he had so many opinions about things. And he seemed so wise. And I yeah, loved Yeah, and, and, and he was just, like an actual character, not just like a caricature. Yeah. You know? He was really so. Yeah. He was so full and complex, and it felt like a character beyond in a lot of movies. Like he's one of my favorite characters. Uh, yeah, like absolutely. narrative, like things in a fictional thing. <laughs> Jeez, wow! That's no, getting... he's a really good, well-written character, especially for a game. Yeah, like so. Yeah, that's that's really just all I want to know at this point is: is he in it, and do you play as him? So, like, yeah. the, the other big rumor is, so, like, you know how you had that lineup of seven people? People are saying that maybe you can play as all seven of them in, like, the way that GTA V let you play as three characters. I don't sure. want that. I don't see that happening at all. I really I feel don't. like that's a really bad move. I, uh, I will not go into my thoughts about GTA V, but I will say that I did not like that. I want focus. I, I don't want to play as multiple characters. I, that was fun. There was something interesting about that, but I feel like there's something lost yeah. when you're trying to spread things out too much between these different characters. I think focusing, like they did with the first Red Dead Redemption, on one character and make that character really awesome. And mm-hmm. I think the the game will be better for that because when you're spreading all that time across seven characters, how can you possibly make those characters have their moments and have it be like a full thing you know it's yeah i don't know that worries me i i think that's too much but i don't they're not doing that like people are saying that but like there's no way rockstar is gonna sit there and have you switch narratively between seven people that's just too much yeah that is that's that's kind of big yeah uh caesar in the chat says or is that the online part maybe also, Could actually, kind of no. I don't know. I feel like they'll just do another kind of GTA Online like yeah. thing, but in Red Dead, like in the West. I just want to lasso a dude and drag him across the desert. That's nice of you, Garrett. You're a real nice. I'm person. a simple person. man. Yeah. That was Jesus. my favorite thing to do. You'd lasso a motherfucker. Sounds like you're into BDSM, and then just looking on the back and just watching him get dragged behind you is like the favorite thing to do. In I re- I really hope you like say that kind of shit like in your room. As you're playing it, you're just oh, going, I do. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I definitely, that's exactly, I get into it. Uh, but, but I mean, that's all we took away from it, right? We didn't get a lot from this. It was just like, hey guys, yeah, no. you're right, we're making this shit. And we're letting you know because it's probably going to get leaked anyway. So here you go, here's something pretty. You'll be playing this in fall 2017. What, so what? I mean, I could, I, could spec, I could speculate to death. Yeah, but what do, what do you want All I want, want is more Red it? Dead. What do you want out I of just the Red want Dead to re- 
I mean, honestly, just more Red Dead Redemption is really all I need. I mean, do, do we need anything more than what the original game delivered? A really deep narrative story that's really fun to play in this vast open wilderness with plenty of things to do, like going and hunting and skinning animals, yeah. collecting flowers, getting in bar fights. That shit just sounds like fun to me. Or saloon fights. I love that. With the, like, like... With the, with the, saloon, the saloon doors. Like, with the spittoons and yeehaw, no, no teeth. And... <laughs> Calm down. You know, <laughs> Jesus. all that stuff. I just want more. I want to play in the old west, you know, and yeah. uh, I want to play a, a multiplayer game in the old west. And I think that regardless of what they do, Rockstar has obviously proven themselves and they obviously have more than enough talented people to put together an amazing game. And I'm sure they'll deliver. I just don't want to get over Red Dead and I don't want to get saturated with trailers and I don't want to see gameplay footage. I just want that game to just come out. It would have been really awesome. Could you imagine if they had put that trailer out and they're like, guess what? Oh, this shit's available dude. Black Friday. Uh, you would have been like, I would fucking are shit. you fucking kidding me? I uh, mean, man. imagine if they had put out that trailer and said, and it's available in two months, just like Fallout 4. Did. I would shit. I would. I mean, I would have to shit. I would. Shit I my think pants. that they, oh, wow. they would have, they would have made a much bigger bang if they did that. And I'm not really sure how much they benefited from this. You know what I mean? Either Especially way, it's around gonna this sell time like of the year. Fucking crazy though. Yeah, it is. They're but I'm not saying, really hurting is, did this? But how much did that cost? And did it make them that much more sales? I mean, no matter what they said, people would buy Red Dead Redemption too. Yeah. I guarantee it. They could literally not announce it. It just show up and everybody would fucking buy it. Like, it doesn't matter. Right? And so, like, what's the point of putting out this trailer right now? And, I mean, shit, I still have to finish talking about it. I still have to finish Infinite. I still have to I have to finish Battlefield 1. Titanfall 2 comes out next fucking Friday for Christ's sake. Well, yeah, you'll, you'll be well fine. As, you got a, a year until you play this shit, so you'll be fine. You, all I'm saying is I don't understand why everybody's got to announce all their shit at the same time to make me, like, I'm already, I'm I'm overloaded. I feel stressed. Just I need more time to cl- play close, more close your eyes, Garrett. I need therapy. Just sh- cl- close your eyes. And I'll I'm not closing my eyes. Okay. Well, just just take a deep breath. <laughs> just take a deep uh, breath. Okay. All right. <sighs> Chris. I'm better now. Thank you. Yes. I forgot the question I was going to ask you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Good talk. Good talk, buddy. Uh, Chris, what, what what do you want out of a? Oh, oh, this is what I was gonna ask you. Yeah, would you rather this game be a prequel or a sequel? The thing about this game is, I've always thought that a sequel to Red Dead Redemption would have to go back in time because when you think about how Red Dead, the period of time that Red Dead Redemption ended, that was actually towards the end of the Wild West. Yeah, yeah. That, uh, that's getting... a that's a big theme of it too. It's like yeah, our lifestyles changing, and like these government guys are coming out here and telling me what to do. You know, yeah. everything's changing you... like that. Yeah. yeah, you could see like industry coming in and just the way the world was, the West was changing at that time. So I don't think you could like really do a okay. sequel. I get you. But you could do you could go back in time and then just focus on another character entirely, which. I'm fine with either. Like, I don't really care. Like, I think it'd be cool to go around and see somebody else. But I also think seeing another side of John Marston's character is really intriguing because I think he's such an awesome character, as long mm. as they don't screw him up. So, like, when, when did World War One happen? 
1918. So, uh, Red Dead Redemption takes place in 1911, mm-hmm. which is crazy because like like that's right before World War Two, you know. One, yeah. Or I mean, one World War One, yeah. where yeah, the I like if they're gonna continue going, like down that timeline, it's like you you're all of a sudden you know facing world wars and shit like that. Like that's not what we think of Wild West. Like that's not the same anymore. Yeah, and it's crazy. Right. The thing I love about Red Dead Redemption was the, all these figures that you meet, just yeah. offhandedly. Like, a lot of those like side missions, you meet the. You meet so many different people, and you definitely see the changing of the world. Yeah. And I don't see it possible to, to really I get you. Yeah. go forward in the timeline of the Wild West. Good point, Chris. It didn't exist I agree. much longer. I agree. Yep. I'm Anyways. right. Super excited for it. I think we all are, and I think we pretty much said all, all we can say about a, a one-minute trailer. Anyways. Maybe you play as um, maybe you play as Dutch. That'd be cool too. Yeah, I just I can't wait to be to have an entirely new Red Dead game to play. Can't wait. Oh, it's gonna be, be great. amazing. All right. So the last portion of our show is always listener questions. You can find us, ask us some questions on Twitter. You can follow me at the Sean Donahue. I usually ask for questions. Uh the day of Thursdays when we're making the podcast and you can ask us questions in the Facebook group. That's facebook.com slash group slash comics and joysticks. Um, and we'll usually ask for questions there too. So first question comes from good friend of the show. Cesar Suspedes asks, since we are in an election season, who would be a good president? Reed Richards, Oliver Queen or spawn. Okay. <laughs> All right, I think I've I know the answer to this. I don't know and how he I, chose these characters, by the way. These are like three completely like random characters. And I'm interested to see what Garrett think, thinks of this because Garrett uh, likes Spawn. Um, yeah. Uh, but Reed Richards is the obvious choice. Yes. Like Reed Richards is beloved. He's a, an American hero. He was caught in space. All this shit happened to him. And Reed Richards has been out there making shit happen for years. He's smart. He's intelligent. He That's that's redundant. That's the same. But he's intelligent. <laughs> and he will be able to make the case that he knows what's best and he knows what it takes to run the country. Oliver Queen, um, this is actually pretty analogous to the current election, Oliver Queen is a millionaire, and he is, is not he a, a womanizer. He's not intelligent in the way that Reed Richards is. Yeah. So he would run a self-funded campaign, and he would be able to convince certain people, oh, I've done all this charity work, I've done this, I've done that. But he does not have what it takes the way that Reed Richards does, and he's not beloved in the way that Reed Richards is. Mm-hmm. And I will also add that there will be a lot of people who will poke around into his time on the island and say, "Hey, oh my god, this guy. There's something. <laughs> ro- there might be something mentally wrong with this guy. Do you really want something 
somebody who is spent crazy. this amount of time on the island, two years in fact, and uh, it just pops up and is perfectly fine. Isn't there something kind of suspect about that? Wow, Chris. Right. Yeah. Like Chris, Chris would latch on to the political <clears throat> themed topic here. Reed Richards would have no issue because he's out front. I'm Reed Richards. I'm Mr. Fantastic, the Fan Fantastic yeah, Four. Yeah. But what happens once Reed Richards' campaign, which would have a fun, it would be funded <laughs> by Wall Street, like Hillary Clinton's, uh, okay. and Jesus. it would have <laughs> no, it would. You don't think Reed Richards has the Wall Street connection? He lives in New York. He's going to have those connections. And his campaign will be a machine, and it will tear Oliver Queen apart. What about Spawn? Where's Spawn in all this? (laughs) That's That's what I was going to (laughs) ask. Well, I mean, like, okay, so Al Simmons did serve his country. So he has that going for him, right? He also came from hell. He's a hell spawn. <laughs> he, but I'm talking about Al Simmons, like not spawn. See, that's where it gets weird when you start thinking, like even like with Oliver Queen. Then you got to think about Green Arrow. But then I think of Oliver Queen completely and not spawn as a character. Did so I'm kind of going Queen vice versa. Come from hell. So no, but 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 so Al Simmons before before this is some true facts here. Before Al Simmons went to hell and made a deal with Malbolgia to become the spawn. He, he was and, a mercenary. You know, hell's, hell's army. He was a mercenary. He killed but he people also, for money. But do you know how he? What he did before that? Did you know he took a bullet for the president? Yeah, he took a bullet for the president because he Al was paid Simmons, to, as well as paid to kill Al people. Al Simmons was a hired help, but in the long run, he took the bullet. He didn't have to take the bullet; he chose to took the bullet. He, he also bullet. worked for assholes who actually ended up. He killing did him work for evil. assholes, so he was this an is evil true, mercenary. But that doesn't make him an asshole. I work for assholes. He went to Shit. hell. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what kind of evidence do you I'll, need to know that somebody's I, no, bad? I, I'm, besides, I, that I'm they just, went I'm to just hell. stating the facts. I just the one percent of Al Simmons. Oh, he protected. <laughs> can you imagine the campaign commercials? Can you imagine the Reed Richards campaign commercials? He's yeah. literally the spawn of hell. <laughs> I feel like Spawn would be the Bernie Sanders though, because he's like. <laughs> Everyone would oh, be like, he's a hell spawn. You don't want to vote for no. him. Just like so if we're talking like, about he's a spawn, you can't vote for him. If, if we're talking about spawn, the character, no, spawn could should not be the president no. of the United States. He's it's, it's insane or, too. He's like crazy. It, totally insane. He's got way too much power, and plus, like he's he's never gonna die. I mean, after the term is over, if you try to kick him out, he'll just literally yeah, liquefy but... your ass with his awesome like laser I... whatever power yeah. shit he shoots out. Um, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> and I think is... Oliver Queen's a good choice. I would probably, but... if I was gonna vote for one, I'd probably vote for Oliver Queen. I guess if it's, I had to you're, choose. You're what's wrong with this country, Garrett. Here's the thing. Uh, the, it would be between Oliver Queen and Reed Richards. Yeah, uh, I would definitely run the Reed Richards uh, campaign. I would be his campaign manager. And here's how my Oliver You're Queen just giving ca- yourself that title? attack ad would go: Oliver Queen spent two hour, two years, two hours. On, on on a deserted island, and he happens to be fine. What happened on that island, Mister Queen? Oh my God! We, the right. American people need answers. Okay, that would actually be debate points. That would be debate questions. I still need to work on my campaign commercials. But they're going to be great. They're going to be huge. Oh, my God. I'd vote Reed <laughs> Richards because he has stretchy arms, and he already has the, the like, president white stripes on his head. My co- oh, perfect. Reed Richards, 
Mr. Flexible. Yeah, Mr. Stretchy Dick. All right, Justin Medrano <laughs> asks, Mary Fuck Kill, our favorites. Mm. Con Air, The Rock, the film not Dwayne Johnson, and Face Off. Which which movie would you marry? Which movie would you fuck? And which one would you kill? I'm go I've first. never seen any of these movies. I've never seen what? Con Air or The Rock. I've seen Face Off, and I'm going to kill oh. that movie because that movie is bad. Okay. So Easy. I'm going to marry The Rock. Okay. The Rock is an amazing movie. Really? Okay, you what need to go about? see The Rock. Is it about Dwayne right The now. Rock Johnson? Oh, no, I have seen The no. Rock. I've seen, okay. Yeah, I've seen The Rock. Oh, it's the about one They're on the prison in the Alcatraz. island. The, yeah. Yeah. Alcatraz, yeah. which is right down. We passed Alcatraz. And Alcatraz, I'm going to say I'm going to marry because that's in my hometown. It's a so beautiful, a beautiful prison. Dirty, haunted, Tons of people place full of there. criminals. <laughs> no, not anymore. You can take a tour of Alcatraz if you want. <clears throat> it's really neat. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to marry Alcatraz. I'm going to go ahead and say I'm going to boff Con Air, or fuck, if you would Did like you to say use boff? that word. Yeah. Mary, boff, kill. What is Some boff? people say boff instead. I don't know. I heard that in another show. Anyway. All right. So, and then well, I think I'll just probably kill Con Air because that movie's not all that great. A lot of people say boff when they're not allowed to say fuck. Boff, boff. Thank you. That doesn't sound as good. Go boff yourself. Yeah, go fuck, fuck yourself, boff. Anyway. Boff me. Boff me hard. Doesn't work. The only one I can mm-hmm. speak to here is The Rock, and I like that movie. So I don't know. I, I might the only one it. I've seen is Face Off, and I didn't like it, so fuck, I'm gonna kill that movie. <laughs> Goddamn, whatever his name is, the, the Hell Rider, Hell Razor. Nicholas Cage. Nicholas Cage? Nicholas Cage, yeah. He's, he's a bad actor. <laughs> no. Well, he's also in Con Air. <clears throat> is he? Is he yeah, in the Rock? Con too? Air's worse than Face Off. Yes. So Con Air is the one where. Do you want to know about Con Air? Let me tell you about Con Air. Oh, okay. So Nicholas Cage is a prisoner who's been rightfully in rightfully wronged. He didn't do it, but he went rightfully to prison. Rightfully wronged. And he. he it, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm tired. And he's 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 on his way back to get like transported, right, with a bunch of prisoners. But yeah. on his way back to coming back home to see his like wife and daughter or whatever. The other prisoners take the plane hostage, and it becomes up to him in the air to single-handedly stop yeah, no, all these other like prisoners because it's called awful. Con Air. The airplane is traveling and transporting all these prisoners. Oh, and so man. Nicholas Cage <coughs> knows kung fu and shit, and he's uh, beating up all I the bad guys. It. And I can't Danny Trejo's probably in it. Or Yeah, it's really bad. <clears throat> and that's why we're going to kill that one. Hmm. Yeah, okay, fuck that movie. Um... And Sean Connery's in The Rock, so fuck yeah. Yeah. (laughs) The Rock's a great movie. (laughs) Justin Medrano also asks, I just installed Red Dead Redemption on PS3. Who will join Sean and I online to... uh, I am not hooking up my PlayStation 3. (laughs) You lost me at PS3. PS3's broken. So Cool. So not these two. I'd have to go in the garage. Uh, But yeah, reach out to me on PSN. I'm AushinX on PSN. It's A-U-S-H-N-X if you want to... You know, if you need some help or if you want to help me go after uh, some of those Red Dead Redemption trophies working to the platinum. So, yeah. Yeah, and uh, message uh, online underscore Avenger if you just want to chat. <laughs> if you just want a quick blowjob message. No, no, no. <laughs> ah, okay, sure, whatever. Yeah, you know. Chris will give you a blowjob. Fuck it. Yeah, sure. Uh, Caesar Suspetas asked the question on Twitter. 
I just realized he's doubling up on the questions he asked one on Facebook and then Twitter. Sneaky, Caesar. Sneaky. He asks, how much do you guys love me? And then he said, it's a joke question. Ignore it. So how much do you guys love Caesar? I will not ignore it. Uh, I love Caesar a whole lot. He's very talented. He's very talented. Member of the community. Yeah. Very, has an awesome Scotty Young uh, collection. He does. That is very impressive. It's almost as impressive as Garrett's Spawn collection. Almost. He, he's a good hugger. We hugged. Mm. We embraced once. That's he's, good. He, he gives full embraces, which is nice. I'm sure we did too. I don't remember though. <laughs> I like a good embrace. Big fan. Yeah, of you know what embrace. I'm saying. There's, yeah. there's, you know, good ha- handshakes are good. You know, when they're nice and firm, but a good bringing it on in is always a like. There's, side. there's bad hugs, like just sort of forth, like eh. yeah, that, and then there's the yeah, that, all right. That, this is a hug. This is a normal mm, hug. Yeah, and then there's an embrace, and I'm a big fan of the embrace. Wh- wh- which one do I grab your ass? Oh, that's the step up. That's that's, that's a whole hug. different category. <laughs> oh, I just do those. You just do um, that. That's so, it's really uncomfortable. I gotta say, I love Caesar because Caesar did me an awesome favor. He went to New York Comic Con and he picked me up this dope ass Trunks <laughs> pop, the Super Saiyan Trunks. This is my cool. other Trunks pop. It's Trunks when he's not Super Saiyan. You can see the difference. This one's re- way cooler. Nice. Um, so Caesar got me that, uh, sent it to me. So I want to thank him probably for the, the 10th time just to say that's really awesome of you to do, man. I appreciate it. Um, you're definitely one of the coolest people I know from this and you're an awesome dude. Keep drawing, keep being dope. So Caesar's great. If you haven't had a chance to talk to Caesar, you gotta, you gotta search him out in the Facebook group and be like, yo, Caesar. Sean and them are saying you're awesome. I need to to get you know a little piece of you and find out you're awesome myself. Yeah. And you also will. check out his artwork because he's really talented. Yeah, yeah. And also check out the awesome piece of artwork he did for us. Yeah, he did a an awesome drawing where I'm some shirtless buff dude fighting off uh, Chris and Andrew as toddlers as Garrett stands in the background, real confused. It, it's, I'm usually confused. It's wonderful. I love it. It was pretty um, lifelike yeah. because I do wear that Canadian jumpsuit. He really does. I see in a minute. Just wear, and just I do have around. this shirt. <laughs> <laughs> so next question comes from Adam Gumbert. He says, no question. Just wanted to say I love each and every one of you. Keep your heads up, good soldiers. <coughs> Keep your heads up, good soldiers. Thanks, Adam. But then Adam came back. Thank you, sir. Oh and no! He actually said, "Actually, here's too a late. Real, here's nope. a real question." He decided he not answering it. <laughs> so okay, this is ahead. what's happening. Uh, he goes, "It's a fight to the death between each mm. member of tonight's podcast. You all wait get, a minute. You all get one member of the community to fight alongside you. Tell I get Willie. I get Willie. Tell us who and why <laughs> they were picked and your plan to survive." I'm throwing in my hat as the top pick, seeing as I'm a pretty tall, athletic black man. Discuss. Mm. So who who are you picking for your team here? All right. First, I need some parameters here. Um, Chris, you're muted. (laughs) Oh, I'm just going to go then. First, first we need to know the parameters here. What are we Um, doing? We need to know 
are we in an open like battlefield arena situation? I, I'm saying is this some in, Hunger Games ass shit or what? No, or I'm, <laughs> saying, I'm saying we're in a, a Fight Club situation underground in a basement. Oh. I'm, I'm saying like, weapons are available. No guns, knives, and blunt objects. Oh. Okay. Mm, okay. Sorry, Garrett. I, I had to throw the guns out. Because I was, yeah, I was about to get real bad yeah, in here. No, I was. Because <laughs> if this was, like I still get Willie. Sort yeah. of a hide and seek situation good, where we are all in different places and we got to find each other. Then, they nah, think nah, but, nah. Okay. This is the Fight Club basement. Fight Club basement. Okay. Mm-hmm. Do uh, we all exist? I don't know. <laughs> hmm. I don't know if you exist, Chris. You might still be a ghost. Yeah, I might be a ghost. I've been thinking about it, and I think I am. Yeah? I'm pretty sure. Oh, man. Wow, man. Yeah. I can't wait for you to come out as a ghost. Because think about it. Remember the Shower Thoughts episode where I was the outlier that said I have absolutely no don't believe in ghosts? Wouldn't a ghost say that? (laughs) Yeah, you're just trying to convince us. (laughs) Fucking Um, ghost. I think, so Willie, because Willie has been working out. We discussed this. Willie's jacked. He's getting big. He's got the endurance going for him. He's 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 ready. He's ready to, to throw down. And mm-hmm. uh, I think that he would be a good brethren in combat. Yeah. So that's my let's answer. See. Oh, man, I really I'm trying to think <coughs> of who I because Willie Willie really is the when I when I think of who we got going here, Willie I see in the gym all the time. So it's just an open space. There's no there's no places to hide. There's no... That's a basement. Okay. But there's, I'm just saying there's no room is, for, to get creative with this. It's like is, a brute. Is this your tactic is to uh, hide? No, it's not to make a plan and to get creative with it. I want to know, are there rafters? Are there, are there like ladders that I can go up and down? Like it's not a ladder above? match. This isn't a WWE like, ladder are there, match. Are there things above where I can sort of Chris make a wants plan? to play Raw. <laughs> Can I yeah. like go Assassin's Creed from like above and do like an air assassination? Oh, we already said no knives. No, there are well, knives. Knives and blunt objects are there. Oh, oh, mm-hmm. wow. Okay. Yeah. Damn, Willie. Willie's really well, the. I might. I might go Tyler. Tyler Noski. Noski. Hmm. Noski. Well, I just because I, I go... feel like he's kind of a crazy motherfucker, and he'll come at you like biting your jugular out and shit. Yeah. You know what? <laughs> Hmm. That's what I think. I'm gonna go Caesar. Here's why. I feel like Caesar would be able to. He'd like ration and clank it, where he'd he'd say, "Hey, I I got this." What he hangs out on your back? (laughs) I came up with this crazy gadget, and it's like, "When did you do that?" And it was like, "Oh, uh, just now." And it's like, "How'd you do that?" And it's like, "Ah, you know, I'm really really creative." I I couldn't pick Caesar because he's just not he's not ruthless, you know. Well, no, so you I know feel- what? This could work for He's your advantage. Nice for so what would happen was Caesar would go in to fight with you, and somebody would go to attack Caesar and then be like, oh, fuck, I can't hit Caesar. Caesar's dope. Yeah, and as yeah, they were right? pondering their own life and, and going like, oh, yeah, I can't. You would sneak up behind him, hit him with the blood object. <laughs> so Caesar would be like your decoy. He would be like your, like, get them to, like, because they, they'd run up to Caesar real quick to get him, and then they'd, they'd have an epiphany that Caesar's awesome, and they'd be like, fuck, I can't kill Caesar. And yeah. why, while they're daydreaming, man, you would just right in the throat, just whatever you And I feel, I feel like he would have the intuition to, like, lay traps. Like... To like, <laughs> he's a trapper. 
If it, if I can get <laughs> if I can get make, make a request and, and feel free to turn this request down. Uh, but Caesar, if you're listening to this, I, I'm commissioning another uh, sketch here of some sort of rumble going down in a basement where Chris <laughs> is using you to distract the fight. Okay. Because yeah, here's the thing. I know you got you, you guys, uh, you got Tyler, you got Willie, and that's like, you know, like brute strength. But I'm taking it from another angle is I'm going to look at it analytically, and I feel like Caesar would be able to, would be able to combine heads at, and, and, you know, really come up with Get something. all tactical. Yeah. Get all tactical, yeah, really. <laughs> that's why I asked about the rafters. Are there rafters? Because <laughs> I... <I'm... laughs> You're going to be crawling up like a fucking possessed person, crawling up the wall into the well, rafters. Well, that's when I look at Willie. I go, Willie, we got to go up to the rafters. Fucking Chris and Caesar are climbing <laughs> around there again. I had to go up there last <laughs> time. It's your fucking turn. They're up there turn. scheming. They're up there scheming somewhere. <laughs> I feel, like well, do. I feel like sneaking around up in the rafters again. I feel like I I just turn around <laughs> and and Caesar would be like I I found this like uh, I made this thing out of this IKEA lamp that I found and I was like <laughs> what when did you do that? Jeez, <laughs> he's like you were in the bathroom. Chris and his like, Chris and his ghost abilities too. He's I'm like really invisible. He just goes cloak. Like... He cloaks. He's in. Yeah, you can't Chris, see Chris... him and shit. You try and grab Chris, and you find out that like you just go right through him like a fucking cloud yeah, of dust. Yeah, it's like, his special. You go to he just teleports behind you, and he's like, yeah. right in the throat. Yeah, because yeah, here's yeah. the thing. Here's the thing about the rafters, guys, and I don't oh know God. if this is a thing, but I'm just gonna keep on. I'm just going to say that the rafters are a thing in this arena. Um, that the basement. Able... There's no arena. It's a basement. Mm, okay. <laughs> so. So we have rafters in this basement, <laughs> and 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 uh, we'd be able to formulate a plan while you guys are you know tiring each other out, and you know we might not even have to do anything. You might just you know, well, yeah. Just at, at any at any point, Tyler might just turn on us. Might turn on me. <laughs> you don't know. Yeah, yep. that's true. Like I feel like in that situation, I would turn into a Christoph Waltz character and get like one of those accents, German, and get like yeah, yeah, German. I like I feel like I would start. I would turn it on, become really mischievous, and you know, become a lot smarter in that moment. What I what I'm and, thinking of, of Tyler as is uh, Joe Pesci mm. from. I don't know whether I want to. I'm gonna go with Casino. Joe Pesci. Joe Pesci from Casino, but Joe just, Pesci's where he stabs a dude in the throat with a pen for looking at him wrong. But Joe Pesci's characters are just like really reckless. Yeah, that's what. What I'm am I amusing to you? Am I a clown? <laughs> yeah, you know, like funny. You think this is funny? Funny how? <laughs> like, then he just shoots so, a kid in the foot or in the foot or some shit. I don't know. Yeah. Anyways, and then he like killed a Don, and that's what got him. Remember? Did he? I don't. It yeah. wasn't a Don. You can't just kill a Don. No, it was, made, a, it was a made him. man. It was. It a was made a made man. man. All right, whatever. It's not a Don. Mm-hmm. You killing a Don? Like holy shit, dude. Well, he killed a made man, and yeah. that you can't do that. No, you can't do that. You can't do that. That's a right? that's that's a real tip for everybody out there. If you are going <laughs> after somebody, if you're about to kill somebody, make sure they're not a made man. Yeah, learn from Joe Pesci in Goodfellas. Yeah, please. And everyone can learn something from Joe Pesci. 
Oh yeah. Don't trust also, kids left home alone on Christmas. You know what? Yeah, you know what? Uh, you can learn something from every Joe Pesci character. You can learn something from. Uh, don't my be Italian. Vinny. Like maybe <laughs> get an actual lawyer and don't hire your cousin Vinny. Yeah. A Home Alone yeah. two. Home Alone one and two. Like maybe just give up and stop just, chasing the just kid. Just leave cause... Macaulay Culkin alone. All right. Yeah. Just don't like, fuck with Macaulay Culkin. Just let him be because he's going to like set a lot of traps yeah. and. You think he's just a kid, and then all of a sudden he's shooting you in the ass with, like, a fucking dildo or something. I don't know. And, like, I, I never saw that the movie. first time, but, like, the second time, maybe maybe just say, uh, I know what how this is going to go down. Yeah. Hmm. Just everybody, just take a lesson out of the Joe Pesci book, okay? Just don't kill a made man. Anyways. <laughs> that sounds like a podcast, guys. That, that, we did it. A podcast. Yeah. Give, give yourself a round of applause. No? All right. Good job, everybody. You suck. You guys are the worst. I love you, though. Um, thank you so much for listening to the Comics and Joysticks podcast. Thank you so much to everybody for sending in your questions. They're always entertaining. Um, you can find our show live every Thursday night, 9 p.m. Eastern time on twitch.tv slash comics underscore and underscore joysticks. That's... That URL really bothers bothers me with all the fucking underscores, but I don't think there's anything I can really do about it at this point. Anyways. <laughs> uh, you can also find the podcast up Tuesday mornings, 10 a.m. on iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, uh, probably some other websites that, you know, kind of pick it off of iTunes or SoundCloud. I don't know. I found our website or our uh, podcast on websites I didn't even know about. I just wow. find it sometimes. It's weird. Really? It happens. Yeah. How does that I think, happen? I think we're on Stitcher because other people, other websites pull podcasts from <clears throat> iTunes. So if you're on iTunes, other websites just pull like hmm. the whole database and host it on their website. Right. Hmm. Are they talking about me? I mean, you're talking about you on, on the podcast. I don't know. All right. There's secretly this huge Chris Bolt following out there somewhere. <laughs> I I'm convinced. And you just haven't ran like a, into them yet. There's like a, uh, like a Chris Bolt fuck yeah Tumblr that I just don't <laughs> can't find. I'm gonna start a, a fucking Chris Bolt fuck yeah Tumblr. Are you serious? That's awesome. If somebody made that, that would make my day. <laughs> All right, Days. that's 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 your homework, everybody. Go make a Chris Bolt fuck yeah Tumblr. Uh, anyways, yeah, thanks again <laughs> one last time. You can follow me at the Sean Donahue on Twitter. You can find Chris Bolt at that Bolt guy. And you can find Garrett Anderson. You don't need to follow me anywhere. I don't really tweet, <laughs> but yeah. Garrett's so, like, don't thank fucking you, though. follow I appreciate me. I'll it. kick your ass. You can find we'll Garrett on uh, PSN playing Battlefield 1 under G Funk 707, I think. G Funk E Delic seven zero seven, but honestly, oh, okay. just uh, join up the Comics and Joysticks Facebook group if you haven't yet. You can definitely yeah. talk to us all there. <clears throat> Come in there, be a bro or a, a right, a, girl. a sis. I don't a sis. Is that what they call yeah. it? Well, I think so. I don't That's know. That what doesn't we call sound them right now. at all. That doesn't yeah. sound at all. All right, fine. I mean, if you're a girl, you can be a bro too. Everybody's a bro. Fuck it. Yeah. All right. Sure. All right. Bye, internet. Bye, internet. <laughs>